You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 95. He should have died skinny! Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that if you cut us, are we not cake? I am Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. I am Cake Vin Perez. And I'm Scott James. <laughs> we are back uh, for a very momentous issue of the Savage Dragon, uh, the Big 250. I, I believe that Woo-hoo. is your uh, adamantium year. This is our all-out action podcast. And if this is your first time tuning in, this is, of course, the uh, premier Savage Dragon Eric Larson podcast. The only one I know about. The only one that fucking matters. <laughs> true. Very we true. Put in, we put in the work. <laughs> um, we got a lot to talk about this episode, so I think we're going to keep this uh, trim and mean. So we're going to go right into the news. Right, taking away uh, right off the bat, uh, the cover reveal for Savage Dragon 253 was proposed on social media by Eric. We got to see two color options, uh, A and B, which Eric was uh, sort of asking fans what they wanted. Just to paint you a mental image, we have a sweet picture of Malcolm taking on Rogue Warrior with a bunch of hands just off panel. And the color variant, one was colored traditionally, as you might expect, and the other option was colored with uh, just a flat knockout of all the characters with just sort of like a textured color background. So people voted. I don't know. I'm going to say pretty much I feel like everyone mostly liked the one that was in color. But real quick, I just we can't do this news without getting you guys roll call. Color or knockout? That's how you can identify which one you're for. Take it Color. Away. I would do color. I thought Nikos's coloring job on the the colored version was just phenomenal. Nice, Craig. Al- oh, Jim. <laughs> I also Jim. vote. I also vote color, as I believe it is very important that Rogue Warrior be red. Cannot argue that. I like the color the best, but I understand the experiment, and it might be cool on other covers, but I don't know. Once you've already seen it in cover, and like everyone said, Nikos's coloring job, and seeing Rogue Warrior, it just it looks great. Beautiful. What about you, Raven? Uh, I am team color, although I would say that the knockout could possibly be saved with different color choices. So like, if it, maybe if it wasn't yellow on purple... I know that sounds dumb, but if it was like maybe rogue, like if all the characters were red and the background was yellow, just stark yellow or something, 
I don't know. I feel like the knockout, just the colors are what beat the knockout. The one that was fully colored just instantly looks good. The one that's a yeah. knockout, like, I don't like that color yellow that they use yeah, for flat. Everyone keeps calling it yellow. It looks more like cream to me. It's canary. Yeah. It's like a, really like a post-it. Like a post-it canary. I don't, I don't see it. Nice. At, uh, maybe it's my eyes, but I, I don't see it as that bright a yellow. It's really more of a off cream to me. It's like a powdered yellow. Yeah. It's not eye-grabbing. Whatever you see, it's not eye-grabbing. So right. I feel like colors could have saved the knockout, but as it is what they had versus the full color one, not full color. Moving right along. Oh, yeah. So uh, my a bit of, bit of exciting news to those who remember the old Savage Dragon cartoon. So NBC has rolled out their very own uh, online streaming service, as pretty much everyone and their mother has at this point. And so... Because uh, it's just NBC, they had to delve the depths to find anything and anything to put on this service. And so, <laughs> as a result of their desperation, we finally get a decent source for the Savage Dragons cartoon, both season one and season two. Yeah. Uh, so, Peacock is free with ads, so that's a bonus. So, if, cool. you, if you just want to watch the Savage Dragon cartoons, you can just Google up their website, Peacock. Uh and uh, they got some other stuff on there, but I think for Savage Dragon fans, this is uh, all that really matters. Uh, they do have <laughs> they do have the uh, see they do have the Wing Commander TV show, so that that right. four part non crossover crossover the, the episodes for Dragon and Wing Commander are on there, but mm-hmm. uh, Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat are not on there, presumably because <laughs> those rights are not theirs anymore. Oh, it, so it, he's... Okay, it, it, it is it is strange to me that Dragon and Win, Wing Commander are still controlled by NBC, but Street yeah. Fighter and Mortal Kombat aren't. Very, it's very, bizarre. very bizarre. Move, TV rights are weird, but anyway, it is now available, and so we now have footage that is only slightly better than the bad footage we looked at <laughs> earlier. Because I don't know what master tapes they have left of this show, but they look like they're VHS quality. To be completely honest, it's not great. I uh, guarantee the show was made in 480. Oh, I'm sure. It, I mean, it was animated on cells. I'm sure if you got the original, uh, the original masters, uh, like on on uh, on um, on celluloid, it would look great. But I'm oh, pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's a case of this stuff was transferred to master tapes for broadcast, and right. then all the original elements were destroyed. And so sure. this is all we're ever gonna have. Right. Uh, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. It, it's better. It, it will be better than those bootleg DVDs you buy. You can buy at cons, right? And if nothing else, I know it sounds dumb, and I know Eric has said many times that he has no interest. But if people watched it on stream, it could potentially like throw up some red flag for some suit. <laughs> oh, cool! This is getting an awful lot of streams and attention, and you never know what could happen. So hey. Fuck it, stream it, guys. Put it on the background while you make love. <laughs> Craig, on Peac- to you. Peacock and chill. <laughs> Instead of Netflix so, and chill, cock and rock. There you go. Uh, shockwaves were sent through the Savage Dragon fan community as completists <laughs> lost their mind last week when it was revealed that an additional variant would be uh, released only a week before 
250 came out and this is the savage dragon 250 green blank sketch variant by scorpion comics uh which went on sale a week before savage dragon 250 and <laughs> sold out instantly it, it went for 50 dollars a copy for a blank green cover um 250 of them were sold so i guess two, one for every issue that's out of savage dragon right um but uh really amazing to me that they sold out so fast i mean i guess it's all speculators because we saw you know days later them being flipped on ebay for 80 bucks a pop they don't know Um, dragon fans very well do they (laughs) (laughs) but it was quite a surprise um again it was like just a week before you know 250 was about to drop and nothing had been mentioned and then suddenly there was uh, someone, I believe, posted it on the Facebook uh, fan page, and there was a link there. But uh, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of the fans of actual Savage Dragon didn't get in on this until it was too late. Yeah, I saw it on Facebook, and I clicked. I'm like, shit, sold out already? Uh, I mean, that's great, but <laughs> I, you know, I would have loved to have gotten one, but I'm SOL. What's Scorpion Comics? Are they they just it seems like they just make variant covers and stuff. I'm not too familiar with them. Is anyone else? Oh, I tr- I tried to look around on this website and honestly, I don't know, dude. It I, I, mean, it, I don't quite get like what they are, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. I, I think they're just kind of like a specialty store that that does variants but the funny thing is i mean you got the green cover savage dragon it's got a cover price of 9.99 but it was never sold for 9.99 so that's kind of odd you know it's not like it's a it's a it it retailed at (laughs) 49.99 yeah yeah it is weird it seems like a crime and it's got a lot of money (laughs) on the back cover it has the little scorpion comics logo like above the uh you the UPC. It's such a bizarre, it's such a bizarre item. I mean, if you're into rare covers and rare shit, this is going to be rare as fuck, like for sure. Probably rarer than even like the Oscars cover or yeah. the Flying Colors cover. O- o- sure only this many... one's blank. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a strange thing to have a colored blank sketch cover. Uh, I've seen some. Yeah, others like that. I'm not that familiar. I think they've been like black ones. Green makes sense if you're drawing Savage Dragon head bus. Do you think that um, if they were going to get an artist to to draw a cover, they would they would have to get Eric's permission, right? What are you talking about? Oh, for for a variant? Yeah, yeah. He said he knew, but he didn't. He knew it was coming, but he said he didn't know much else about this. So, like, he, he knew, he was aware it was a thing, but he didn't really have a heads up, I think, in any other capacity. Wait, so who decided to make it? Image? I mean, he must have given his blessing. He had to have given his blessing, but I think past giving his blessing, he didn't really bother himself too much to get involved or whatever. See, that's that's strange. That is strange to me, because he's usually so hands-on with this kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's got his logo on it and everything. You don't want to yeah, like like I like artist. Well, what I I would assume it was like a deal that Image struck or something. 
It's like, oh, uh, all of a sudden he finds out we got a cover of the Green 250 <laughs> with Ethan Van Scriber cover on it. <laughs> you chose the worst what? one you could think of. <laughs> what? That's what I'm saying, though. Like, you, you don't want to be surprised. <laughs> well, I think uh, maybe with it being a blank cover, you know, just a blank green cover, you know, he's not worried about another artist doing a cover for, you know, Scorpion. It's just a blank green cover. Sure. Um, you know, where other uh, companies have, like, had a variant Marvel cover uh, done by Adam Hughes. I, I, I think well, yeah, of Spider-Woman. You know, well, that, that's what I was getting at. I was saying if they were going to do a, a cover, I mean, they would have had to got his permission, right? If they've gotten another artist to do something on it. Right. Maybe. Yeah, I'm sure. I, it just I seems weird. I, I don't think I've ever seen a variant sketch cover that's just a different color. It's just a weird variant. <laughs> it well, is a weird variant. And I'm talking from experience. I'm sure it's going to be a pain in the ass to to draw on because you're just limited unlike the blank white cover you you've got color options here you're stuck with green uh funny you should mention that scott james artist (laughs) comic artist i'm going to take advantage (laughs) of you being on this show me and you real quick we're not hogging up a lot of time with this flash round surprise game lightning round things you could draw on this cover i'll go first savage dragon laying naked in a grassy field go um savage dragon in a zucchini bed bare ass naked savage dragon punching a leprechaun with a four-leaf clover in his hand go uh close up of his schmeckle oh close up of his butt (laughs) i mean you just draw uh, a little asterisk a, yeah. a, 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 a green polar bear blinking in a green blizzard? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> just two, two butt cheeks. That's you it. just have a couple hairs coming out. Yeah. Savage Dragon sipping on a shamrock shake. <laughs> All right, we're done. Round over. Good. Right. Thanks, for everyone, for playing. I, I just like the giant asterisks on the, on the front, and you just say it's his butthole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beautiful, dude. That's, like, minimalist. That's some, like... There was an artist that, like, he was the master of that kind of thing. That's hilarious. So if someone who brings you this cover, artists of the artist listeners, you know what to do. Give them the old Craig Olson butthole right there. <laughs> Sign but it. Damn, Picasso. 50 bucks. I wonder if that's just a lot of just the, the cost to make something that limited. It, that honestly, I know you're going to laugh, but that is actually probably part of it. Because in printing... You know, the the savings is when you're rolling out a shit ton of something. When you do a small amount of something, it's actually, like, can be shockingly high. Right. So that's why, like, somebody, so many people, like, when I was doing the Kickstarter, people were like, well, why don't you just get less books? It's like, because the cost to get 1000 was almost as much as the cost to get 2000 Like, I got, like, a 1000 extra books for, like, 500 bucks. So... Yeah, probably everyone saw this $50 price tag and was like, fuck these guys. But it, I wonder fuck how profitable. Guys, yeah, fuck these guys' butts. <laughs> I just wonder how much of this, how profitable this was for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. With only 250 out, so. of them. Well, not only with, with only 250 of them, you know, uh, it makes you wonder what, what it costs them to print. Yeah. Right. 
And this isn't the first time I think image books have done stuff like this. Um, there was a weird thing for a hot minute called Ghost Variants. And I know there was oh, yeah. a, a Walking Dead one where Jim Rugg drew uh, Michonne with like a 70s afro and stuff. And so this is kind of like that, where you have these people who are like, hey, I'm going to make these super limited weird variants. Except this one, as you guys have pointed out already, is just a big green blank sketch cover. So I don't know. Weird. Would you get one? Question mark. That's the last thing and we'll roll. I would just... I, I would just for the rarity of it, and, okay. you know, I wouldn't, I, I'd bag and board it and put it away. I have no interest. I refuse on principle. You know, uh, maybe that's just me being a, a fanboy going, oh, it, it might be worth something more, you know, because. <laughs> Open all, all dragon, your toys. That's what I say. Yeah, well, you know what? I, all my dragon comics, I mean, they're just, I've got a big pile of them and I just go through, I mean, they, they're all reader copies. So uh, I think the only cover that I kept nice was the the nice uh, Naughty Bits one with uh, the Menage a Trois. Mm. You know. Craig. Yes. Any interest? Yes. You want it? Yes. Mm. Um, I'm surprised. Uh, if I'm going to dedicate time to track down a Rare Dragon variant, I'm going to get Oscars or uh, Flying Colors. I'm not going to try to chase this down. So that's my thing. If I end up with an Oscars in my possession, if I end up with a Flying Colors in my possession, then this is like third in line. But yeah, I wouldn't the, say no, but I'm not hot for it, you know? My problem is I have them all, so now I need them all. <laughs> <laughs> it's a I trap. get it, dude. Do you have Oscars and Flying Colors? Yeah. Oh, goddamn big dick energy. <laughs> I'm unimpressed. I am impressed. That's fine. I think I'm you're compensating. I am. I have a small <laughs> penis, and so I just buy Savage Dragon variants to make up for that. <laughs> you missed a chance to make a schmeckle joke. I, 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 please, oh. please refer to it as a schmeckle. <laughs> there might be kids we'll listening. cut it and replace it. I have a small schmeckle. Perfect. Um, hey, guys. Bidee, bidee, bidee. That's all, folks, for the news. Uh, I think... We got a little bit of a shakeup for this special 250 anniversary. We're actually going to be moving our sweet, sweet listener section uh, with letters and interesting conversations to after the meat and potatoes, the issue review. And you'll see why when we get there. It's relevant to this issue. We made the decision before recording that that would be a little bit helpful. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to wait. But the good news about that for you, dear listeners, is, hey. It's meat and potatoes time. Meat and potatoes. I love me some taters. Well, before we let's do this, let's get in it. Well, as we start, we should probably talk about these millions and millions of variant covers. Though, listen, dude, I've been waiting for this for months. We have to. It's time for us to do something a little special and play art critique on these <laughs> variants. Because I think... Can- You'd be surprised. <laughs> one, one thing before we get into that, though, someone was kind of bitching and moaning on Twitter about how many comics this week came out that had, like, crazy variants. I think, like, Snake Eyes had, like, 30 variants. Jesus. Which is ridiculous. Our, our entire like, industry is propped up by variants. There were, like, 
four other comics or something where the least amount of variants were like 16 or something like that. 10 or 16. I bet, one of, them, so, I bet one of them was a my, new Transformers comic, too. I don't know. None of them had more than 10 issues to their name, you know? And I was like, my one argument is, you know what? If you reach 250 issues, you get to have some variant covers. Oh, yeah. Well, I 250 feel... issues by the same writer, Eliz- you know, the same guy. You know, that, that's, that's a great milestone. Celebrate it. Get some variants. You know, if you're only on issue 10, you know. <laughs> What's with the variants, right? Yeah. <laughs> issue 1. I, 30 variants. What the? What? What is that about? That's greed. Like, what's sad is that's greed. Yeah, but are, is there anybody that's getting 30 variants of it? Unfortunately. I'm, dude, I'm sorry. Really? There probably are. Yeah. There probably are. There's somebody, as I sit here looking down at variants. my six variants. <laughs> well, yeah, but 30, man. That's just, like, next level. That's fucking insane. I that's mean, insane. You just bought nine ten dollars comic books, Craig. So what? Exactly. Yeah, but I didn't buy 30 of them. He feels yeah, he better about his schmeckle now. He's got uh, all nine. That's an entire issue's worth of variance. And, and it's it's for a comic I've been collecting for 25 years. It's not a number one that just came out yesterday. I'm, I'm just Greg, wait, wait till you get your mind melted. It's 28 years, dude. Oh, whatever it is. But. <laughs> I'm just saying, goddamn. It's almost been three decades. Yeah, it's a difference, dude. 30, yeah, 30 I would variants agree. I would is agree. almost an entire issue's worth of variants. Those could have been extra pages. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's just weird, that many variants. It's, it's, it's absolutely weird. We gotta judge these variants, dude. We gotta, we gotta judge them. Because I'm sorry, because here's the thing. Alright, get ready for some sweet, hot sauce. Some rare, rare venom. I'm, we're about to spit. Because all is not well, dear listener. Uh oh. Not all these variants really uh, oh, are cut I've... from the same cloth. No. And, and in fact, we need to get a little sour about two in particular. Well, so... there, there's one that I think is just wretched, but that's yeah. We're gonna we're gonna be a little shitty, a little surprising. You may may find, but first of all, I think we're gonna go with this this, this, this white one with nothing on it. I'm not impressed. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, we can remove the sketch cover from the conversation. That was just phoned in. <laughs> well, I do. You know what? I will say this, though. It, it, do, it does have that classic dragon magenta, though. i got to appreciate that. It's got the classic dragon logo, which is a first. The last one had the college logo on it. And yeah, that that's great. That is really cool. I actually defend this cover for that reason. Like, this cover has a reason to exist. So this is your very first, issue 250 is your very first sketch cover with a classic Savage Dragon logo on it. That's actually kind of cool. So we, I think do we can move s- on. sketch covers always have both sides sketch? Yeah, usually. Yeah, usually. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't buy that many of them. You know, Nick Justice is the sketch cover master. And you should see he does beautiful things. He'll pull the comic out and just do you a double page spread on the sketch cover it's really awesome i'm just saying big shout outs to our finhead he's not going to be able to do it on this no no it wouldn't work for this at all um yeah but i mean that's a wrap on the sketch cover i don't think we need to say anything else about that um just for positivity's sake 
I'm, I vote, I nominate that we end with the two obvious good covers. We don't, we save them to the end so we can get the ugly stuff out of the way. So let's not talk about Eric's cover or Walt Simonson's cover till the end. Is that cool? So we can. Well, so we can. Why don't, why don't we just rank them? What we like? I'd like to hear. Because I would like people. to talk shit about some of these other covers. Is why. Well, that's fine. But real quick, just rank them. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like I'd like to hear what people like is best from best to worst. Well, why don't you lead us on that? Take it away. All right. Well, I got to go with Eric's cover. Just the colors are amazing. As my favorite. Mm-hmm. I, I just love it. I love everything about that cover. I know it's it's kind of a rehash of the original one, but that's fun. But when I saw this in print, it, it just blew me away. It's like, totally different, awesome. isn't it? Uh, Simonson cover number two for me. Yep. Just it's Simonson. It matches the insides of the comic. It's you know features the kids. It's just well done. It's thought 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 out really well, and that logo. Good stuff. You know Eric colored that? Isn't that cool? Yeah, yeah. I just, I love it. Uh, Number of the Frank Cho, Cho one is the third one. Okay. Um, I'm not happy with the circumstances around it, but... We'll get I into that. All in all, yes. All in all, it came out really good with the colors. Like, it looks pretty. It could have been better. We'll get to that. But uh, I like the hundred pages across the top. I like the, the look. Uh, the colors really make it pop. Uh, next I got to go with the Otley. Okay. Um, I love the foreshortening. Um, but it, you know, it's based on a sketch and you can tell, but it, it's still really cool. Sure. Uh, I'll go with Liefeld next. Uh, it does yeah. nothing for me. I can't, I can't say anything really about it. Sure. I, I, I don't like it. Sure. And then, uh, I'm not really a fan of Scotty Young. It, it just, uh, I'm not, it, Dragon looks overweight. His fin looks really bad i don't know i I don't like the text i don't think it's funny i i agree with you on a lot of those uh uh, of course eric's is first for me Um, yeah i was gonna say just jump into it and because we're gonna actually if if you'll be so indulgent i'd like to actually like tackle these on a cover to cover basis too so just go ahead and jump james scott james do your list now i i would do uh eric's uh, sure. I would then do Cho's. I, I, again, the coloring to me is what makes that. Uh, I think that one was kind of phoned in, but it's still a beautiful piece of artwork. Uh, I think it could Agreed. have been so much more could have been done. Um, I then would go Simonson. Cho above Simonson. Cho above Simonson. I, okay. To me, Shocker. I can see that. Um, I know Eric colored Simonson's, but I think with it being such a flat color, uh-huh. I think so much more could have been, I, I would have loved to see Nikos color that. I think okay. with that watercolor, what he's doing now color wise, it would have been an interesting uh, pairing. Um, I would then go, uh, then the Otley. Okay. Uh, I then would probably go the green cover that no one can get. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would then go Scotty Young. Okay. And I wouldn't uh, that the Rob Liefeld cover <laughs> is uh, oh it, it's atrocious. That Sure. It looks like he drew it with his non-dominant foot. 
we'll, we'll get into it, dude. There will be, listen, like I said, we're going to go cover by cover and talk about our thoughts and like what happened and whatnot. Yeah, so, I wasted yeah, the variant cover. Jim, why don't you give us your blowdown? Well, blowdown? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know what, sorry, I'm hyped, dude. <laughs> um, so, obviously, the, the Little Dragons cover by uh, Simonson is probably is definitely the best of all of these, in my opinion. Sure. Um, I like the Scotty Young cover. I mm-hmm. personally feel that it captures Scotty Young's style. It, it's Dragon and Scotty Young style. You can't really ask for more than that. I think yeah. it. It does a. I think it looks good, in my opinion. His fin's got a little bit of wonk to it, but you know, it's. I've seen worse. And you know what? I kind of like the beer gut. I think it adds a lot of character. <laughs> okay. Um, I wish it was. You know what? It wasn't like this. I. I wish the scene was different. But I can see kind of what he was going for as like a kind of a comedy skit. It's not. It's. It, it's a. It's meta. It's a cartoon. It's a. It's, okay. it's basically a one-panel comic on the cover, which mm-hmm. uh, you know I can appreciate that too. But sure. I like it. Oh boy, is the life he'll cover not good. All I can think of looking at it is limes. <laughs> limes. It's not a good... I don't know who colored this cover. If if Liefeld did it himself or somebody else. No, it was colored by someone else. It, it does not... Nothing on this cover comes together right. I don't like it, sir. No, thank you. Uh, this The burlap background is another kind of odd choice. Um... The um, Otley cover's fine, if dull. It's just a basic action pose. I mean, Otley's good, you know, but it's nothing I'm going to write home about. And uh, what even was the last one? The uh, Cho cover? Yeah. yeah. So what's your rank, though? Are you ranking? Like, yeah, you kind of oh. skipped your rank. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you're supposed to be ranking them. <laughs> All right, so number one is Simonson, then uh, Scotty Young. Then Otley, then Cho, then Liefeld. Where's Eric's? Oh, Eric's number one. I mean, is that oh, even a question? Okay. <laughs> sure. I mean, it could be. You could be someone else, dude. It's fine. I mean, I guess in you know, in terms of um, uniqueness, I would probably rank the scene that uh, Simonson puts on the cover as more interesting than a than a homage cover. Right. But I still think Eric's cover is probably the best of all of them. Okay. Uh, especially with that uh, Nikos coloring. It's really, really good. Uh, well, I'll give you my rank quickly, and then, honestly, guys, because, again, there's there's some story. There's some drama. <laughs> but my ranking is just basically, uh, I like uh, Eric's the best, just because, and it wasn't going to be the best until I saw it in print. I was going to put Simonson on top. Because I thought it was more clever and, like, you know, fun. But seeing this 250, like Craig said, just echoing his sentiments, seeing this 250 pose in print with, like, the coloring and everything, it, it's doing it, dude. The nostalgia's winning. And so, yeah, it's hot. It's Eric's is number one. I got Simonson at number two. Uh, I don't even have it, and I know Otley's is number three. And then I got to have uh, with the... Uh, Cho as like number four, and then uh, Liefeld number five, and then Young last. So that's my ranking. And so again, we don't want to, I guess, like you know, labor our points too much here. But I feel like 
at this point, I want to just kind of like do just a little tiny bit of like, because there's the show cover obviously has a story that I think is worth talking about. Um, I just want to make the point, maybe it doesn't need like a blow by blow, but like these low point covers, okay, that I'm holding accountable. I'm just going to call these three out here all together at once. I'm holding these artists to their own personal standard, okay? Like, the thing is, is as I look at this Liefeld, this Cho, and this Scotty Young cover, I know all three of these artists can do better than this. I know all three of them can. I'm not a Liefeld, like, hater. I don't bash on him like people like to do. But I'm also not going to pretend that, like, he fucking brought it. Because you can look... I'm, when I look at all of these, I compare them to other covers and things that these same artists have done. I'm comparing them to themselves. And almost everything Frank Cho has done uh, in recent memory has been superior to the Savage Dragon cover. For, for fucking things that didn't matter and weren't special in any way. Just random Harley Quinn covers were superior to this Savage Dragon sketch. This Scotty Young cover, when I look at this and I compare in my mind to the I Hate Fairyland free comic book day cover that he did, no contest. He, he can bring it. That's the thing is that like, I'm not a Scotty Young fan, but I'm not a Scotty Young hater. And that man can bring it when he wants to, he can fucking bring it for this cover. He did not bring it. This feels phoned in. I, I I gotta disagree on the Scotty Young criticism. I think this it's cover fine. is perfectly fine in every way. I think Eric's the way Eric's drawn is fantastic, and I just okay. love Dragon's twig legs. <laughs> Such an exaggeration! I love. It. I just yeah, think I don't. He, I, just think I don't he can hate do better. that. I don't hate the Scotty Young cover. You know, is it the one that I want to pick up? No, right? No, it's no. not. It's not uh, exciting, I, but it no. is comp. It is better. Oh. Head and shoulders better than the Liefeld cover. I mean, he's for, got, for, and it's more interesting than the Cho and Otley ones. Which it doesn't even have Malcolm poses. Yeah, see, and I'm sorry, okay, I'm yeah, gonna yeah, slam. Okay, you're right. You're right. I'm gonna it slam dragon. it for that. It's old school cop dragon. It's like pick up the book and flip through. We haven't had old school cop dragon in goddamn five years. To me, the Cho cover is technically it's well drawn. But it, it, the effort, you could tell, wasn't there. You're right, Raven, with the uh, different covers that he's done. This being the 250th anniversary special, uh, I, I think he, he should have pulled out all stops. We'll just you know, get into it. Let's just get the history out yeah, there. Because he did in the beginning. He did. And then he switched it up. Yeah, and, and again, this none of this is a secret. All of this is on social media. If you were paying attention, you would have seen all this play out. So we're not even like, you know, talking about some hot secret insight or whatever. Like, Frank had a sketch for what he was going to do for Savage Dragon 250's cover. And it looked very much on par with every other high effort cover that he's done. It was Malcolm, and he had a spear jabbed in him, and he was surrounded by just beating up ninjas. And it looked like it was going to be fucking incredible. And then, for some reason, so fucking much time passed, and he worked on every fucking thing except that cover. And then, like, he was just knocking out shit left and right, like super detailed shit left and right. And he never got that fucking Mount, that Savage Dragon cover any further past that sketch phase. 
And then finally it comes time to where he's the holdup. It's really obvious because everyone else had turned in their work and he, his sketch cover hadn't materialized in any way, shape, or form. And the way Malcolm's hand was resting on his pants leg, it was like an upside-down okay, which on the internet, like, you know, internet trolls and white supremacists try to treat, like, the okay sign like a white power sign. I guess now it actually is because white supremacists have adopted it. But some commenter said that it looked like the okay sign. Eric asked him to change the hand. And then in a response, what we got was this completely redrawn from scratch cover of a phoned in like subpar pose, right? And it's one of those things where it's like, dude, we, we know you could do better because we saw, like we know, like the story is out there. The narrative is out there for the readers now. We know that you phoned this cover in in retaliation for being asked to change two fingers. Like, you could have blacked out those knuckles in 30 seconds and that hand wouldn't have looked like a, an okay sign. So it's completely ridiculous. I'm not, I'm not sure that's exactly it. That's exactly it. could it. be. That's it exactly be. it, dude. We traced down. Really? I traced it down. Yes, I traced down all of this, like the comments, the threads, and the posts. And that's exactly what played out. So it's like, and again, I can't confirm. He didn't come out and say, oh, I'm so pissed off. Take this shitty cover. But that's what happened. He said several times, yeah, I'm so annoyed. I, I'm so frustrated. And I'm like, why, dude? I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's a shitty cover. It's just not as good as what it could have been. No, it like I said, it's technically drawn well. I mean, anatomically, it's 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 correct. But it's not a, a typical show cover, and the colors saved it. Oh, uh, I will yeah. say the colors are doing the heavy lifting on this cover. And now the Otley cover only exists because it was unclear if the show cover was going to come in on time, right? <laughs> right. It was. A Is that why it exists? Yes. That's why. That's why it showed up so late after well, solicitations happened. And and you can't blame or take anything from away from Otley on this because no. this wasn't drawn to be a cover. He wasn't involved this, at all. Well, and this was and it was an no, Eric Larson a, sketch that he inked. Right. Right. Well, it was a sketch that Eric was going to toss is what the story was. Right. And Otley was sitting next to him and said, can I have it? And he took it and finished it. Yeah, I'm not. And he, and no. And so it looks cool. Don't get me wrong, but we can't judge it based on what, you know, because Otley, I'm sure if he was tasked with drawing a cover, you know, it would be more effort in it. But it still looks pretty damn cool, I think. So again, that's that's my own thing. Is I'm holding Cho to his own standard. He has set the he set the bar that we judge him by. And I am a fan. I'm not mad at any of these artists, dude. I don't fuck. Come on, dude. These guys. I'm thankful that they did it at all. I appreciate them being a part of this. However, like when I see you know Rob Liefeld's Snake Eyes variant has more effort than this Savage Dragon 250 cover. He can't even I'm add just, belt loops. If you look dude, at the I'm, waist, there's no belt loops. There's two there's, belt loops. There's, two. there's no po- <laughs> there's two belt loops. There's no pockets in the jeans. There's no I mean, there's no detail. It's, it's not Malcolm. His, his fist is a square. And one fist is larger than the fist that's in the foreground is smaller than the one that's in the background. My, my, I gotta mark him down again. I'm gonna mark him down based on the fact that A, it's not Malcolm, and B, 
you shouldn't be able to look at some random G.I. Joe variant, like Craig said at the beginning of the FinCast, like issue fucking five of G.I. Joe Snake Eyes, and it has a more badass Liefeld cover than issue 250 of Savage Dragon. I agree. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. And you can Google that Rob Liefeld variant. It's got like three G.I. Joe characters. Like, almost all of those Snake Eyes variants he did were better than this cover. And it's just disappointing to me that here's these people. Like, dude, I was hyped for the Rob Liefeld cover because I like his art. I know that it's wonky and I know that there's like weirdness always, but like, I don't care. I kind of like his shit. But dude, this is phoned in. Like, it's everything I predicted came true. (laughs) (laughs) Did you predict that Cho was going to throw a fucking hissy fit and phone in a goddamn pose? No, no, I predicted that Liefeld would draw dragon and not melt you did you did yeah you called that dude (laughs) i'm sorry but post 250 i don't want to see fucking savage dragon as a cop on the cover of a fucking issue (laughs) like we're past that it just goes to show you that simonson is just an absolute professional yes dude i just nailed it yeah let's even even on on Amy's uh, t-shirt he put his little uh, ragnarok guy's uh, head on a shirt as a little kind of bonus thing and i gotta say his fins are on point every one of them even the one turn right almost right at the reader still is on point i would agree yeah, let's in let's end positive i think that this simonson cover is everything you could want from a variant yeah you look at the characters you know exactly who they are and it's relevant to the current book and I don't even think Simonson reads Dragon, probably. But he had Maybe enough. Maybe he does. But he had enough, like, class to crack open an issue. But that's professionalism. The... I mean, he's he's a, he's yeah, a vet. Absolutely. I mean, he he's a true professional. He'll go in and look at, okay, who are the characters? You know, uh, I just wish, and I know Eric colored it, I just wish the coloring was different. Yeah. And somebody threw it's this just... out at me. I'm sorry, Craig, go ahead, because I'm going to go on a rant. Uh, I was going to say, imagine someone asked you to do one of six or one of five variant covers for their 250th issue that they drew, you know, and wrote every year for 27 years. 28. uh, 28 years, and you just turned in, like, a pinup static cover. Yes. you know, something that looks like a convention sketch. Yes. Uh, again, let me allow me to, I'm going to say this, dude. It needs said, like, I'm sorry, dude. It needs said. Like somebody told me they were in the comments when I was like ranting about this on social media and they were like, well, you know, I mean, it could be that it was just like a favor and you get what you pay for and all this. And to that, I'm going to say wrong, dude, because I used to have that attitude where I was like, eh, fuck it, I'm not getting paid a lot, I'm not gonna try real hard. And do you know what? As a result, there's some shitty fucking art out there that represents me, and I'm not proud of it. And you need to fucking bring it as hard as you fucking can, because your work represents you. And there's a saying among, like, musicians that I admire, where it's like, dude, you should play a dive bar as hard, you should play a dive bar as hard as you would play a sold-out stadium. I agree, because Raven. Raven, I agree. You, your work fucking represents you because no one knows the fucking context around whether you were asked to do it for free or whether you were paid what you wanted. No one knows the context. At the end of the day, your work's just out there either kicking ass or sucking shit, and that's on you. They needed to nut up, and they didn't nut up. 
Simonson yeah. looks like he was paid a million dollars. You know what? Even if it was just a favor. Not that Eric, would, not that Eric would ever ask me, but if I was asked to do one of those variant covers, in my mind, whether I'm getting paid or not, my job in my head is to make myself look the best that I can look. And in my yeah. mind, I'm going to try to do a better cover than every other Anybody everybody else, else including. Scott, I'm so glad Eric. you said that. There's no pride in in these two in the show and the Liefeld cover. There's no pride. There's no competitive. Clearly, they're not out to like shit on everyone else. These are just phoned in. Yeah. There's no artistic pride on it, dude. It's you know, nuts. it's like it's my chance to go. Oh, you know what? I want them to want my cover over Eric's cover, or my cover over Simonson's cover, or mine over Otley. You know, that's but that's my mentality. Whether I'm getting paid or not, whether I'm getting paid little or getting paid, you know, thousands of dollars. It doesn't matter. What matters at the end is the end product and does it represent my ability and my skill. And by drawing just a generic Malcolm charging pose, you immediately, you, the artist, have chosen to invite the comparison between your drawing and Eric's drawing of Malcolm charging and Eric fucking creamed Cho. And there's not a lot of people that would say Eric Larson is a better artist than Frank Cho because everybody just associates Cho with those lavish, sketchy pen drawings. But goddamn, Eric creamed him. I mean, they went head to head, and Eric's drawing fucking shits all over this Cho drawing. And, and as far it's as... a reused cover, it's the cover of issue one. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a yeah. recycled layout. It's nothing, nothing against Eric because it looks great. Don't get me wrong, but it. It's nothing new and innovative that Eric has done, and he still destroys him. He still shit on him. And as far as, like, Rob choosing to draw, like, Dragon just standing, it's like, okay, again, you have chosen, you made the choice to draw an immediate comparison through you drawing Dragon in that static pose on the cover versus Eric's drawing of Malcolm. And again... Like, Eric's drawing is full of energy, it's full of power, it's full of, like, kinetic, like, just, like, a, there's just a fucking design to it. Rob's is just fucking old school dragon who's not even in the book anymore, just standing there, and he's in a spotlight, and it's just so low effort, dude. And I'm disappointed, because, again, his G.I. Joe variant with, like, Snake Eyes and Scarlet and, fuck, I forget the other dude right now. But, like, dude, he tried harder on that shit. He tried harder on some X-Force variants, uh, uh, some Deadpool variants, Cable variants. I've seen him try harder on Marvel books that he has done recently than he tried on this cover. I'm very disappointed, bro. He drew Dragon like I would draw Dragon trying to draw a cool action pose. <laughs> That's how negative I am about this cover. If you can't, do, if you can't come up with an idea better than me... I'm just saying, compare it to his recent work. Like, it li- dear listener, if you think if I was that given I'm... that cover, I would have, I would have destroyed. I could do something a thousand times better than that cover. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Raven. It's just I, I'm, no, I'm, it's I'm looking at the cover right now, and it just it's infuriating because there's other people that would have probably loved the opportunity to have uh, the the chance to have a, 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 an alternate cover for Dude, a, a even, monumental even... issue. Even just me as, like, as someone who doesn't, like, I'm not going to shit on Liefeld's work or whatever because of the technical or whatever. He could have even drawn, like, Malcolm fighting the pouch. 
He could have drawn Malcolm fighting his new young blood. Anything would have been better than simply drawing Dragon alone. It just, to me, it's like the choice there. Same thing with Cho. It's like, Cho, your original drawing was Malcolm surrounded by ninjas with a big spear in him. And clearly it was like post-action scene. And it's like, dude, it looked so cool. I was so excited to see it finished. And I'm so disappointed to see this final product. I don't know. I'm done. I'm going to stop bagging on these. I hate to start this out with this way. Because, dear listener, we have so much positive shit. Like, we have so much good stuff to say for the rest of the thing. But, dude, we got We had to say it. It had to be said. Anyone else have anything else they would like to contribute to the cover critique? <laughs> um. I just want to say Eric's cover when you compare it to, you know, Savage Dragon uh, miniseries number one cover, you just see how much he's evolved. Absolutely. And uh, how great he's, you know, just be- not even become because he's always he started off great with Savage Dragon. But yep. just how refined and, and, and just well evolved it, it's really become. Well, you also see how well the coloring of uh yeah, Nico's. It, it just complements. I mean, it's a good match. I feel there's a confidence in the an increased confidence in the cartooning, the anatomy, like just the choices where the original cover used kind of the thin '90s crosshatching all over. You know, the modern 250 sketch with Malcolm uses bold black shadows in the legs and in the forearm, the left forearm that's facing the reader. And it's just so much, it stands out so much better. Like 28 years of this guy just improving his craft. It shows. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Amen. So shall we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it, dude. Positive stuff ahead, dear listeners. I swear, you're in for a treat. I love the the Josh Eichhorn has been nailing social distancing for years. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome, dude. Classic. And uh, I love this top down perspective of uh, you know Malcolm and Maxine. Just I do chill into the bedroom. <laughs> I, I do too. And again, the colors on it just the 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 warm and cools. You know uh, the the top down perspective is phenomenal. Really well drawn. Uh, the lettering, everything comes together on that splash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even the details of, like, the electric plug behind the I table. was just looking like, at that. It's pretty yeah. crazy. <laughs> and the nip slip, of course. <laughs> Hilarious, dude. Yeah, very awesome. And I think, we, like, the flip, like, the gag of Malcolm using his jumping to, like, squish the mosquito... Well, this, God damn, that's th- this so is a, funny. This is the best use of super aim yet. <laughs> yes, isn't it, dude? <laughs> so hilarious. I am disappointed there's not a little squit. Uh, <laughs> oh, sound effect? Sound effect. <laughs> no, I, uh, right. I I would agree. I didn't catch it until you just said it, but yeah, you're uh, right. I, I will say this. Mm-hmm. I don't think the fact that he's jumping reads very well. Oh, he I do. kind of just looks like he's floating in the air. I mean, oh, no. you have to assume motion he's lines jumping. Would, motion lines would fix that. Uh, if if there was a few motion lines, 
uh, I think that would have, you know, solved it. it. it, it I, I kind of feel like this is just, just me spitballing here. I think he was trying to show jumping in this way. And I, I just, I don't know if it works. I mean, obviously he must be jumping, but at the same time, it also just kind of looks a little awkward. For me, it does because he's not going to need very much effort to jump that high. Right. He's probably. Yeah, it's he, almost like a little float. Exactly. Yeah. He, he, it looks like he's like flying. He looks like he's Superman flying. <laughs> nah. Well, I mean, you read it, you read it, but I don't read it that way. I thought it was a funny gag. Just the him squishing it with his single finger and then going back up with the tissue. Oh, it was so funny, dude. That's funny as shit. It, it is a weird way, two pages to start off. Like, there's no callbacks to this or anything. Right. It's just like a f- quick, funny gag. <laughs> I do. Um, it is. I do it is fun to that. see his toes, though. <laughs> <laughs> I do love how on the second page we're we're seeing the kind of more uh, modern panels back again that mm-hmm. we first saw come back in 249. So, kind of sets the the mood of hey, this this issue is going to be more in the vein of 249. At least that's what it seems like. Well, and I really like these intimate moments between Malcolm and Maxine, and this issue is just chock full of those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's really cool to see. You know, I remember, it feels like not long ago, there was a podcast where there's just this cranky, this cranky Craig that was just crying about, you know, Maxine only having sex, and (laughs) here we're getting all kinds of fun just comedic moments. All right, so we went two pages without <laughs> sex. <laughs> Sorry, I had to tease. Ravens proved a point. <laughs> I had to tease you. I had to tease, dude. No, I do think there's all kinds of fun characterization in here. It just goes to show you we've gone two pages and you're you're gloating. So what does that tell you? <laughs> there's, there, I think it's great. There's great characterization for everyone. Like, dude, you talk about a jump on issue. I think that there's so much great characterization for everybody. Like just the stink face that Maxine's shooting Malcolm as he makes the dread he makes the joke, you know? About he's like, Take her take off her dress and like look at that stink face, dude. That's fucking hilarious. The the main story here is perfect. It's and I know Eric had kinda of talked way back when about, hey, how would you guys feel if there was like an issue or the series was more of a soap opera and talking heads and less action. Right. Well, we kind of get that in this issue is a lot less action, but more characterization, but this is the perfect kind of issue to do it in because a it's kind of playing out the whole COVID thing and being locked in, but B for the lack of action in the main story, you've got a bunch of, you know, uh, additional stories that have a ton of action too, so you're not missing out on much. And the end of the, this this tale actually is really violent, which is cool. But, right. But there is a lot of talking heads in the story for for an issue where we thought that you know the vicious circle was going to come out, you know, firing in all cylinders. Right. We get thrown a huge curveball with with COVID in this lockdown. Yeah. Which is amazing, and it, and it still makes it fun and super interesting. And I commented about it on Facebook, but for listeners that didn't see that, I think it's amazing, too. You were talking about, Craig, you said talking heads. Um, So often in comics, when there's a talking heads issue, that's boring as fuck. Like, if you do it wrong, that's a boring visual. It's a boring read. It's not good. Eric in this issue 
does things with layouts that I've not seen him do in 28 years, dude. Since since yeah. Spider Man, uh, yeah. And I think what makes his talking heads interesting is the expression that William Shatner school of overacting. I mean, Maxine, you know, a sex yeah. tape. You made a sex <laughs> tape. You you can feel the emotion and the energy, and you know it. it the stink face that she's giving Malcolm, like you said, uh, Raven, when uh, take off her dress, her just yeah. and his goofy ass yeah. face that he's making. Yeah, right. it, it's that's what makes this such an interesting issue. You could have a great character-driven story, mm-hmm. but you need to develop and show character. If you just have a, a flat talking face or talking head, it, yeah. you're going to lose the reader. Yeah. You know you. Yeah, and, and talking head is definitely the wrong word for this. It's just a lot of dialogue and people having conversations. But Eric can mix it up where it's not just heads. It's full bodies he's, at different angles, doing different things, laying different He's ways. He's a, a great director. Uh, he's moving that camera. He's going from, yeah, you yeah. Know, that, from the opening splash page, you know, a bird's eye view, and then you know, rotating the camera around in a 360-degree angle. I mean, he's really setting the stage in directing this and really developing these characters in the process. And even, dude, it's like as a sequential art feat. Like, again, I want to praise, like, these kind of sequential art, like, triumphs. Like the giant panel where it's a profile of Malcolm's face as he's speaking to yeah. his creative team. And, again, what, like, problem-solving. Like, Malcolm is talking to each of them like sequentially but like without even really having your standard left to right thing this reads crystal clear you have malcolm talking back and forth to his entire creative team and there's not really any confusion well and i love how he's developed you know he's showing what's going on with the family in this quarantine as well i love the 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 lava you know i mean i used to do that as a kid i mean it's like a total throwback oh i remember doing that that's you know it's developing the the kids as characters as well and maxine as a mom and you know it's all of that coming together it's funny because they just had that show on netflix that came out like what was it like don't touch the lava or something have you guys seen that (laughs) my kids love it it's basically this game but they made it into a game show where you go room by room and you've got to get to the one side of the room from the other without falling in the lava. I was just oh, watching. I was hilarious. just watching Community, and they had the issue of where they were playing lava in the whole campus <laughs> of the school. So, uh, kind of been a theme as of late. You guys, did you guys recognize his creative oh, yeah. team? I I know everybody except the creator tribe. I know there's Justin Jordan, Gail Simone, Bill Sienkiewicz. Oh, is, is Larry Stroman. Uh, Larry, Larry Stroman. Right. Oh, Larry of course. Okay. Okay. There you go. Well, we we read that one issue of Tribe, so we're. That's Jordan. Jordan D. White is the. I think you said. Oh, Justin sorry, Jordan. Justin Jordan. Who, who, who's the fourth about? one? Bill Sienkiewicz. Oh, okay. He, dude, he looks so much like him. It's fucking yeah. hilarious. Well, he this, nailed it. They, yeah, all, they do. all do. They yeah. all do. That next page is I love that shot of Maxine. It's the it's the sexiest shot of Maxine he's ever drawn. <laughs> I don't know, but it's it's damn hot. I I mean I love that that panel. I love it's it's not a typical page layout. You know he he's got a full figure, and he's worked the panel and the the movement of your eye through 
you know, her pointing, you know, telling him to, you know, get in there, you know. Uh, and, you know, I love the little bit of him, her kicking him in the butt. You know, you start with your establishing shot, their apartment. You go to, you know, her kind of reading him the riot act. You know, the little swift kick yeah. in the uh, the derriere. You know, the, the close-up of her talking. Him getting, you know, ready to hop in the shower. I love the end of the clothes being thrown in the washer. I mean, it just right. the eye but movement. I, I just love this because I know a lot of people like to bitch and moan that she looks, like, too young or something. But this picture here, this drawing... I mean, she looks all woman to me. Well, yeah, she's, those people are fucking just looking for something, dude. Maxine has looked like an adult I'm, for a while. I, I would agree. And I'm, I think the coloring, uh, especially on her ass cheeks and how the the highlight on the outside of the leg, you know, that's stuff that isn't directed, you know, by any kind of line work. That's all Nikos. I mean, and I yeah, like the use of the yellows. And that goes for every page that we've talked about. I think this is probably one of his best issues that he's colored. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. Totally agree, dude. Totally uh, agree. That, uh, just everything. I, I do love Max. that Maxine's got a long hair back. Oh, I think that's a yeah, great I agree. Um, but, yeah, the coloring, just oh, every page. And, and it's not even uh, – I'll tell you guys when I uh, – what my favorite coloring colored pages is coming up. Okay. Well, if we go to the next page, I love how he uh, differentiates between the warm color of where Alex is sitting and where there's no light in the room where Angel's sitting. Or right, laying, the cool yeah. colors on her. Yeah, and then the, the glow from the cell phone on the one side of Absolutely, her face. Absolutely, I was going to say uh, that. And I've got to say, I'm wondering if Eric's going for a uh, record for nipples uh this issue because uh there you know it's just a nice shot you know angel looks good there's there. malcolm's right next to i know yeah it's it's good stuff it's hilarious it's funny too. oh sorry go, go ahead. ahead no 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 you go ahead. no i was gonna say it's just hilarious to the um running subplot of, uh, you know, Maxine keeps watching the tapes. Like, everybody's grossed out and freaked out, but they just can't stop watching, like, uh, May and Thunderhead 6 tape. Well, <laughs> and, you know, it kind of, you know, going back to the page where she's giving him the stink eye, here here he is, is saying, take off her dress, you know, and she's giving him the stink eye, but she's watched it, like, a gazillion times. <laughs> right. <laughs> I do, like... That that you know he could have just drawn the scene with just Angel, but he just threw you know Alex in there just to remind us in a way that they're roommates. Yeah, and, you know it's just a nice little callback cue. Um, yeah, like you said, she, he could have just mentioned Alex, but there she is. Well, it's just good to see. Her. And that detail of just adding in that panel of Malcolm adding the kids, you know, uh, playing around yeah. them, I, I you know climbing on the couch, you know, uh, sitting there on the floor. It's just a nice, you know, you get the idea and the feeling that, okay, they're they're in quarantine. I think Marsha looks cool as shit. The coloring. Uh, I saw, I'm going to say, the coloring on Marsha. The texture the, on her thighs, absolute. you know, the, yes. the again, the, the blue glow from the phone, you know. Uh, those are things that a lot of people oversee. And I've seen colors oversee those things. And having that, that warm and cool 
uh, like with that panel with Barbaric uh, smashing uh, uh, oh, Mighty Man. Mighty Man. I almost Mighty said Man. Super Patriot. Smashing, you know, <laughs> face plant. You go from the purple blue down to like a yellow, and it's just a nice, nice mix of warm and cools. The balance, and I like the little bits of, you know, it, again, the, f- the full figure taking up half the page and those panels moving your eye, directing your eye, and the, and the, the pausing. The, you know, it doesn't matter that we don't see Marsha's face in that first panel across the bottom. We know what's going to happen. It's the same, you know, right. the, the pacing, and, and it's perfect. You don't need to see the faces because you see them in other panels. But it's that, that comedic pacing you know, uh, yeah, the repetition, the repetition me. for the sake of comedy. Yes, that's hilarious. dude. Yeah. Don't send me a link. I don't want to watch my brother have, you know, my brother having sex. Why did you see it? Pause, pause, <laughs> Malcolm, pause, pause, pause. Maybe, you know, it, it's just, <laughs> you know, it, we've all been there. And it's like, oh, if maybe am I in trouble if I say yes? You know, it, and it's funny because, like, I, I think like everybody's like, "Oh, Maxine, she's a sex cart." But like, dude, Malcolm's a kinky weirdo too. He's a kinky weirdo too, as you see in this. He's like, maybe he's like, you know, he's just a little more ashamed of it. Is all, yeah. They're a good. I, fit. I still, I still can't get over the coloring on Marsha. Like, she's got kind of like that shiny. Like sweaty, kind of like just got done workout. with the workout with the freak, you know, yeah, the freak force guys. Like it's just, I look at it and I'm like, how does someone color the, the this? The textures, well? like, the it, textures that he's giving, you know, to make it look like glistening sweat on her thigh. It looks 3D yes. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, so the, much well, like even that. He's the doing back the shot he, where you see the the glow on her on her uh, derriere, you know, on right. her ass cheeks. It's it's just. It's nice. It's a well drawn, a phenomenally drawn but page. And Eric, Eric has also inked like a sheen to her uniform, right? With using the yeah. black lines to represent like the the dark spots and like a shiny thing. He does it on Dark's costume too, to give right. it a more metallic look. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I think is giving it the three D look. Yeah, her costume is really reflective looking like it looks really metallic well and yeah. if you see where nikos is zinged in those hot spots those you know almost white areas you know that really yeah. light blue yeah. and it just that adds to it i love her costume with the like the doc martin type boots yeah like just just the cool yeah look. simple yeah She's great a cool character very cool i love this uh second page uh like this two here, you know, you just see the kids hanging out and you got Greta Gearbox. Again, I love all through this issue the recurring theme of just a character just taking up a whole page. Mm-hmm. Like just dominating yeah. real estate and yet not really like, you know, ruining the layout. Well, and even this is the Greta Gearbox one. It's another different take. Your, your, your angle is kind of like looking up like you're one of the kids. Right. Yeah. Well, like she's standing in front of the door. You know, with her arms crossed, yeah. making, watching the kids play, making sure that they're not interrupting fun time with Maxine and Malcolm. You know, and the use of the zipatone is cool. Like it just really works here. Yeah, yeah. For the shadows, I mean, Jack annoying him. What a little dick! Don't play with Tyrone's fin. 
there are uh, uh, Amy and Maddie also reading uh, Chris Eliopoulos's book, The Yawns Are Coming. Uh, okay. I was wondering, I was like, dude, w- w- what is this book? It's clearly like really high def. Oh, that's nice, dude. That's a nice touch. I couldn't tell in our digital like preview, like preview copy, but like here in print, it's like super obvious. And I love the last panel, uh, how it's broken and jagged. That's where you it reminds me of uh, Larson's Spider-Man work, where you'd have those those panels that were, yeah. you know, all jagged and it had that energy, and it just adds to you know Nick and uh, Maxine leaping, you know. Uh, Which, again, I'll say what I always say, like, that adds to the comedy. Like, the, having that action panel and all the zip lines as she's, like, running towards him. <laughs> Just, you, me, and my unquenchable desire. And, you know, and the reply, hot dog. <laughs> hot dog. Like, what a... Is she, is she wasting no, him, though? No, no. I don't... She's, she's got the wobbly speech oh, bubbles. Yeah, you're right. And her face... And her face is slightly flushed. Oh, so, uh, you're yes. right. Yeah, she probably has been hitting the sauce. You just don't see it. It has to be, right? I don't know. Well, I, with the wobbly <laughs> bubbles. Uh, well, I'm glad you guys pointed it out. I actually didn't notice that until just then. In the past, you've always seen her with a bottle or a drink in her hand with the with right. the wobbly. So, you know, I was thinking maybe she's past that needing the uh, self-medicate. Yeah, me for a minute, I thought we had maybe the beginnings of getting old Maxine back. But, uh, right. you know, as time has progressed, but, you know, hey, uh, just a great panel. Guys, page of the issue for me, layout-wise, I love the use of just different floors to show... Like the dragons are in one loca- one location and Captain Tootsie is in the other. Oh, like I think that is cool as shit. <laughs> no, I think that's a great yeah, device, and in you know having the the image. I mean, because it's it's like a splash page. You know, there's no no uh, gutter or border around either one of those panels. I love how it blends together, but yet you know they're in different spots. And then the, like, three-quarters top-down perspective where you've got, like, planks of the board, like, just missing in certain places and negative space coming through. So fucking clutch, dude. I love it. He turned a Zoom call into an interesting layout. <laughs> and, I can't believe it. And this is where, you know, those talking, yeah. uh, you know, the, the talking pages, it, it's made interesting because he's moving his camera. He, he's doing new things, making it visually interesting, not just talking heads. Yeah, you've got talking heads, uh, you know, going down the side. But, you know, that three quarters of the page, if not more, is taken up with a really cool uh, drawing of two separate spaces on one in one space. And again, there's effortless character moments like. Like, little Jack being like, hi, Captain Tootsie. Hi, Captain Tootsie. Like, who hasn't seen kids do that? Where, like, there's this... Like, my nephew does that. When me and my mom have a Skype call, he's like, hi, hi, hi. And he's just, like, in the background. Like, dude, just great little character moments. Maddie zapping Malcolm's hand. Mm -hmm. No, it's it's just really well done. Um, 
I just want to go back about those the wood panels. He could have easily just done like a square kind of cut out, but to to break them off as like actual panels. Right. It's just it's great. It's great. It really is. That's why it's my favorite um, of this issue, dude. Or, or this like that page. I was just like, oh, that's so fucking clever. And I'm so happy to see Tootsie and the Legion back in it. Like, I feel at this point we know they're going to be, you know, continuing uh, supporting. Well, and and I even like at the end, uh, Amy saying, "Tell uh, you know, uh, Maybell that her, you know, I like her pretty dress. You know, it's a total girl thing. You know, so and a callback and a callback to her whole Amy fights alone. Yeah, like you know." Right. My pretty dress, you know that whole thing. Yeah. Now the Amy might grow up to be gay. No, I'm yeah, jeez. <laughs> you never know; it could be foreshadowing. In this book, who knows? I really like the next page so, uh, and the device. You know, the throwback to Spider-Man. Yes. Uh, uh, just the use of the webbing. Yes, dude. You know, uh, before before we jump there, though, I just want to make one point that's kind of a little interesting tidbit: is that we learned that. The Secret Legion and Captain Tootsie are staying at Gentech right. or Genetech Laboratories. Yeah. So um, that's that pretty is. interesting we, to, to know. We should talk about the story, too. Like, um, they, you know, Tootsie mentions to him the reason why they're staying there is that some teenagers broke in and fused a space squid onto one of their chests. So we instantly know who this is. Oh, yeah. Like, they, they're talking about the, uh, you know, the vicious circle, like, Junior League. And so it's so right, which we saw last issue. It's so cool because it's like, dude, space squid. Like, what kind of crazy shit does Gene Tech have going on? You know what I mean? Right. Like, just that little thing makes them so interesting. I also think before we leave this page that it's neat that Rolo's like old fucking brother Buddy, who I thought was going to be a throwaway character, is still around in some way. Like, they just mentioned that he's there helping with the kids. Yeah. So that's cool. All right. All right. Sorry. Let's get no. You're to good. Page. Yep. Next page. Web page. Very awesome layout. Very fucking awesome. Yeah. And again, it's talking heads. But the the, the way he has the you know the girl spinning the web. I mean, just and that's the panel. You know. Uh, I, I I cannot believe this reads so easily. Like I was expecting to get lost reading this. Dude, it's so obvious. Like you know, who speaks, who goes next. Yeah, I, and I love. Yeah, I love it, the colored word. Balloons. I was just gonna say. I think part of it is the different colored uh, word balloons for the different characters talking. Uh, yeah, and uh, just the way the word balloon placement is, it, it just really helps the flow of the page. And I, I love the last panel of Maxine. You know biting on <laughs> Malcolm's ear, you know, it, you know, I'm not Dude, watching funny porn. Face. I'm not watching porn. You know, <laughs> I think it's funny little like nod, like a funny little self-aware joke. Like, like, no, you're watching girls squirt goo out of their hoo-hahs. That's porn. So yeah. funny, dude. Yeah. Maxine's kissy face as she's putting little baby Maddie away. Dude, there's so many good faces in this issue. Yeah. And the the drip. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no complaints here. No, no, and I, <laughs> and the prolonged string as she's leaping towards him. 
Dude, I think it's. I even like his little face, like, like peeking over yeah. the book. Oh and there's my. no detail there. I mean, that is all just. I mean, there's yeah. no lines, but he's implied everything. Yeah, he's drawn nothing, again, but the, has implied everything. And again, if she was drunk before, she's definitely sober now. So there's no red in the face, no wobbly word balloons. And again, Maxine is such a funny character. And dude, just the, like the phrasing of them, they're about to get it on. She could have something, she could be saying something corny. Like, oh, hey, ready for something hot and wet or just something like lame. Dude, instead, it's this really ridiculous exchange of her. They're talking to Greta like she's a total know-nothing robot because she is. And it's funny because that joke is a recurring gag. Like later in the issue, Malcolm talks to Greta the exact same way. But she's like, uh, keep an eye on the door while I go fuck the hell out of my husband out of sheer boredom. And Greta's just like, very good. <laughs> I sh- I'll show ensure yeah. that you are not disturbed. And then, like, the whole, you know, meet me on the field of battle to determine the champion of the universe. Fucking hilarious, dude. Yeah. And, and it plays well as a as the old uh, gotcha for the page flip. Oh, God, yeah. And that is a killer <laughs> splash. Yes, yeah. Dude. So awesome. Now my question is, is, you know, is Wayland's dad was he fused with a space squid? Very well, could we, be. Don't we don't know. I, uh, I gotta imagine because they look exactly yeah. the same. Yeah, that might actually be the you know because we never had that explained, right? No. Now you know, dude, and it's kind of cool because it's kind of like by learning something about his son, in a way, you learn something about like octopus who has been in the book for fucking decades and we never had an explanation and yet effortlessly you just kind of learned a little something extra about octopus yeah well and i don't think eric early on you know octopus wasn't a character that he really put a lot of you know there wasn't a lot of character development with octopus you knew he was a scientist that was kind of the... Right. He started off as kind of just like a yeah. creeper where you saw the tentacles come out and you're like, what kind of monster could this be? And you never, you know, it was kind of a mystery. Yeah. And, and, you know, you saw a guy with a trench coat, but he was never shown in the same space as like the long octopus arms. And then finally there was the bigger reveal. So awesome. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm not going to name names, but I read a book, another comic very recently that... Um, it went to like really laborious pains to tediously explain everything. And it's kind of like, it's really awesome to see a writer. People don't give Eric enough credit, but like they just effortlessly throw little tidbits and lore, you know, out there in the book. Like you don't need a labored, like you didn't need Wayland to look into the camera and be like, at last a space squid, just like my father. Like you didn't need that. No. And, and it's, it's again, those that's where I think he shines as a writer because it, it, it's like he's dropping little nuggets of information for you to piece it together like a fine mystery. Oh, oh, oh yeah. you know, oh, okay, was that a space squid? You know, uh, yeah. and you're finding out things about characters from other characters, you know, uh, in the process of reading the book. And he's been afforded that luxury of doing 250 issues to where he could, right. he could build upon it. Right. He, he has that chance to do that slow burn. Oh yeah. Again, another great page laid out, you know, following that splash page, you know, with those jagged panels. Uh, yeah. Back to the nineties. Uh, yeah. I love it. love it. And I love the panel breaks 
you know, uh, Maxine in the, the top panel and the, the... Dude, the perspective. Oh, and the flame coming in. Maxine, look out, you know. He's blocking, yeah. you know? blocking it with his hand. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just <laughs> it's so brilliant. Cool. Yeah. My favorite part of this issue is the second panel. Where Whalen's just like in awe to celebrity <laughs> crush because yeah. he's like, dude, that is such hilarious. Slobbering times like over, you pig. <laughs> yeah, dude, the hilarious like characterization in that moment where she's like, oh great, there she is, Whalen's celebrity crush, bare ass naked, die bitch, like the don't, jealousy dude. Don't forget. Th- yeah, they're still young, you know, right. young kids. So he's just like mesmerized by his naked broad. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Like I said, effortless characterization, man. I, I want to go back to what we said in issue uh, 249, where, you know, we had a good decade plus of just traditional panels. And starting with last issue, he kind of threw the... the 90s panels back in the mix and it's so refreshing like i'm i'm so happy they're back you know like but dude i love the traditional panels and i was happy with that but now i'm also really happy that he's drawing all these crazy panels. but but what's even better is that he's got the decades of experience and the confidence of execution to do something better yeah so like have the like the panel breaking i just want to say again the layout of that very first panel where you've got just that crazy perspective of Maxine, like, going, like, towards the reader, and yet, like, Malcolm's in the background with just such a killer action shot of him getting stabbed. And then, like, just the way she's breaking the panel, like, the flow is perfect, because the bed provides just enough room for her, uh, the the villain's, like, uh, word balloons to go. So you're not covering up anything cool at all. It's just... Oh, well, fucking, dude, and that's where I think excellent. I think his layouts, the years of him, you know, I loved his Spider-Man layouts. Don't get me wrong, but these are to another level. It, it's a throwback. Absolutely. It's a throwback, but it's not. It, it, it's almost like it's evolved uh, to to where there there's a lot more clarity and things that are very important aren't getting covered by you know the the figure breaking the panel it, it's it almost seems effortless the way he lays this out but if you digest the, all from each page the panel to panel movement and how your eye moves across the page especially with those large right. figures it is a master's class in being creative with your panel layouts and storytelling and being effective Absolutely. in your storytelling one, one thing we we didn't talk about, and just because there wasn't really much to talk about in the first few pages, but now that the action is here, is this lettering by uh, Farron Delgado. Hell yeah! Just look at this page that we've been talking about, and how much of the art is lettering here with the IE and the hack, the cracked hack, um, the frawoosh with its flames on the whoosh part. Right. And then even like the Artie Simak type Maxine lettering. Maxine, look out. You know, like just just the the art of it all. It, it's just, it looks beautiful. It, you know what? It really the, the sound effects, I mean, that's a given, but there's a lot of subtle stuff that he does with, uh, I think of that web page where, you know, the, the different colors 
of the balloon to, to decipher who's talking and helping so it's an easier read. You know, right? You said web page. I was like, the, 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 I'm sorry. The, the, and then I, <laughs> you know, I, I don't mean to go backwards. We're moving forwards, but you know, it's sometimes those pages that aren't, you know, that you don't have the sound effects because he does beautiful sound effects. That's what draws you, like, oh wow, uh, right? But even you know, that wobbly word balloon of Maxine drunk. Those are little subtleties. Yeah that really propel the story and, and, and give add, add to the characters that Eric is, is portraying, uh, you know, and, and they're just little subtle things that, you know, well, it's, it, right. it's honestly like, I, I always say this, like lettering is an art and it is vital, like to a visual medium, like comics, yeah. like your con- there's no sound. It, right. Right. So like when you see, you know, word balloon, it could just say it's over dragon. But when you see it's over dragon, you know, that's how that's fucking read. Oh yeah. Like the, the emphasis is on over or die bitch. Like, you know, die is like big and like stressed, you know, Maxine, you know, like fucking you get it, dude. Oh yeah. Oh, it's so good. Like good littering elevates a comic to a whole nother level, dude. And like Farron is just kicking ass. Well, uh, like he is. He he does. I I I love his lettering. Absolutely love his lettering. And you know how he comes up with you know what he does with the title splashes. You know to you know even how he you know depicts someone who might be a little bit drunk, or you know just those little subtleties. Because I mean his sound effects are just off the chain. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, but to really delve into some of those subtleties that he does, you know, it's just it, it it gives so much more emotion. Well, like okay, like even like here's a place where lettering is just shining like fucking crazy, where the lamp is getting hurled at like the uh, like Inferno dark. Yeah, like just and the eye going like all huge and like behind her foot, bef- behind her right foot. But over her left foot. Yeah. So good, dude. I mean, yeah, yeah. And then going into the, you know, waking up the kids. Yeah. What was that? That was mom screaming. It's like, oh, dude, mom's in trouble. Like, just the emphasis, man. You know, and Amy, let's give go. Some props to, give some props to Eric. Dude, look at Maddie. Crawling action. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you ever think that a crawling, like, inf- like a crawling child could be given like a cool action pose while she's sucking, sucking her thumb, <laughs> sucking her thumb, crawling action pose? That's over the top, dude. It's ingenious how he has um, four kids, and you can tell them all apart instantly. Yeah, you know, like that was such an ingenious kind of way to get around it with the you know different races and different shades of green and right. Um, it's just cool because you know it, it really takes some thought to pull that off, right? And you instantly know who's well, who and just you look Jackson's eyes. You know, uh, you really see Angel. You know, you yeah, there's yeah. blue eyes. Yeah. Yep. And again, another great full figure. You know, on the next yeah. page, uh, you know, Malcolm, just that butt shot, dude. <laughs> yep. And then you've got that, uh, the tilted floor, which, yeah, just, 
the tilted perspective dude really sells the action. Oh yeah. Yeah, Malcolm looks like he's in trouble. Like that's what's so cool is it's like, dude, like they're they're kind of doing okay. They're they're cutting he's cutting the shit out of Malcolm. You know, the one thing that uh, well, really it's only Cutthroat Kid that's that's damage. Cut, yeah. Cutthroat yeah. does a surprising amount of damage. I he must have a degree of super strength to a to, to a yeah, degree like yeah. his dad, just not you know significant. Not it, I wonder if Malcolm was just distracted by being naked. Well, and um, drag. You know, Eric always but, described uh, Dragon's durability in a way I never forgot. He said it's like a bulletproof vest. He's like, you can stab through it right. with, with a really hard pr- thrust. He was like, but it will stop a bullet. Right, right, right. It's uh, So it's so kind of that fits in line with the durability, you know. My only question I have on this page is, okay, Greta's outside the door. She right. wouldn't hear mm. all the other voices. And the screen, that's that's the only thing that, you know, I'm like going, okay, the kids hear it in their room. I, I do. Well, she does, she does hear it. She acknowledges she hears it. It's just she's so used to their sex being so aggressive yeah, that I, she disregards right. it. That's the gag. It's also potentially suggested that there's, you know, she's used to the sound of multiple, multiple partners. partners. So, yeah, yeah, I guess that. I, or I, maybe there's sinister motive. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Because, again, you don't know that Greta can't be manipulated in some way. You know what I mean? I really think just the gag, though, is that... She's kind of clueless. There's a bunch of shit getting smashed and stuff, and they just she just thinks it's a normal thing. Dude, the splash page. You, you want to talk about like just the use of space on a page? I cannot believe how cool this page of the kids bursting into, into the, the bedroom. Oh, yeah. It is such a cool page. Oh, dude. Like, you just can't cut through getting punched into the foreground so fucking hard. And, like, Open Face Jr. and, like, Dumpling and Blossom all coming from the back. Oh, it's so... And Pervo Whalen getting all hentai with Maxine. <laughs> well, and Look the, at him, dude. the amount of depth in that panel, or that page. Yes. I mean, you go from... You know, Cutthroat Junior uh, in the foreground to Malcolm in the middle ground, and you get every character in there, and you can see through the bedroom door that they just busted through, and I'm betting that that's their bedroom that we see on the other side of the hallway or the other side it of the apartment. Probably yeah. is. It probably is. You know, but dude. that and depth. Eric actually has mapped out the the apartment. <laughs> right. He posted that on Facebook so that he would know like where things are no i just think that's a an, another brilliant page dude yeah. and then we get into the holy shit <laughs> kids are kicking what? some ass yeah see ya Wayland. oh action jackson dude yeah. with the decapitation uh, it's more of a so uh, head explosion more than deca- <laughs> i mean shades of his father and uh solar man fucking scanners uh wait his father Oh, not his, his father. Fa- I'm sorry, his, his grandfather. Ex- his grandfather, a- not his father. His, you know. Wait, who are you talking about? Dragon. So, when, so when Dragon, I'm not. Man? I'm talking his grandfather, not his, da- not Malcolm. But when Dragon hit Solar Man in the back of the head, and it is oh, just right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. shades of his grandfather. They're just fucking. Or when when Dragon shit. fought Kerr, remember? Oh yeah. Not. I mean, fought. Malcolm fought. Was it Malcolm or Dra- Dark no. Dragon? Dark Dragon. Yeah. 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 Dude, she just fucking lights Jack up. <laughs> and then gets her own kaboom. Yeah, Amy. 
<laughs> God damn, dude. And then you it's just like like you said, Craig, like action after action. You flip the page and God damn, dude. But I was I was so concerned for Jackson when I saw this because he gets he gets yeah, fried. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. The chosen <laughs> one is fine. <laughs> yeah. Then you you had no I, I was worried for him I yeah. was I was more worried about um oh wait oh Maxine always but uh no no wait not this scene I was worried about somebody in another scene but not this scene I was worried about Maxine this whole fight scene dude I thought she was gonna get fucking chopped up or fucking burnt or something dude because she's just a like a normal person you know. Dude, Vicious Circle Jr.'s got just obliterated. Yeah, yep. but, but at least the shit monsters survive. Oh, dude, well, yes. Open face, I won't man. lie. Oh, man. Goddamn open face, dude. I like how they're trying to punch Dragon and it's just splattering. Oh. Well, and then uh, my question <laughs> yeah, is, is, exactly. that, is that open face's foot or is that Dragon Schmeckle that we see? Here's what's funny. Uh, so it's, digitally, a, it's a foot. So digitally... I thought it was a state fair zucchini, but in print you can clearly see the shine of the shoe. Oh, can you? Okay, because I'm I'm yes. looking on yep. the uh, digital. Mm. Yeah, I had the same. Eric, Eric like... still cowarding out. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that was done like that on purpose. Uh, yeah. Probably. Oh, it had to be. Had to be, dude. I won't lie, guys. I'm sad to see Open Face Junior and Waylon and fucking uh, Inferno. Lady Inferno. I'm sad to see him gone. I would agree. I, Inferno, you know, I was hoping to see yeah. more development of their character. I mean, we started to see things yeah. when they're coming over the border, and you're starting to get that interest in the character, but now they're gone before you really get to know them. But, but I, and they're more of Malcolm's villains, yeah, too. Right. Which I am going to say something Malcolm controversial villains. to this group based on what y'all have been no, saying. No. I haven't li- no. I have not liked these guys since their introduction because they're really? too, they are too similar to their parents. And if there's okay. one thing Eric doesn't like doing is repeating himself. And I knew, knew, especially like the way the first time they all got tossed in jail immediately. Uh-huh. I knew they were not long for this world. They were they are fodder characters. They are here to push Dart's agenda. All right, you, can I say my one question thing? Is, is then Dart is I mean, she's been done. Good, you know. Can I say one thing though? Well, I wouldn't put too much faith in her living much longer either. I'm going to say three she's things. She's definitely lived quite a long time though. I'm going to say three things. I'm going to say one, I think that they're introduced into the book the concept that any human any normal human can be bonded with a space squid so that's fucking crazy if you think about it technically that means anybody that could like break into a gene tech lab could become like an octopus type yeah but where are the space squids coming from so jim i don't know i'm just saying it's another toy in the toolbox but you also need some kind of genius like open face jr or something well that's the other thing i was going to say wasn't he a clone yes so yeah. two, yes, he's torn there in half, but there could be other clones. And then three, my final thing, as sad as I was to see these guys go, I think the right characters survived. Dumpling and Blossom are way too interesting to throw away. And if you remember in the last issue, they had sort of a romantic thing going on with, uh, didn't they have a romantic thing going on with uh, Cutthroat Jr.? 
Yeah, and Waylon. Well, they liked him, they but won't. I don't think it's reciprocated. Well, exactly, but still it's there. So I'm saying now you Although got... I found it really interesting that based on what she says, Inferno was way into Waylon. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. well, and you see says, that in this issue here. Because she, she's jealous of Maxine, and Waylon's right. obsessed with her, so obviously she must like Waylon. Right. Mm. So it actually, that, that relationship getting cut, throat is act, cut short is actually uh, what I will miss. I just think it's cool to have them sort of... Um, it's cool to have them sort of have this dynamic now where their friends were just fucking murdered. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and so they they have way more reason now to hate Malcolm than ever. But Malcolm straight the whole family. Malcolm straight yeah. up. Well, Malcolm tells Cutthroat Junior what the score is. They were sent here to die, right? They yeah. were not respected. They are they are considered fodder by Dart. So I think it may turn may turn Cutthroat Junior's life around. And can I also say, I feel like maybe I'm wrong. I want your opinions on it. Malcolm talking him down, being like, bitch, surrender, or my goddamn robot maid and my children are going to shit down your throat. Don't you feel yeah, there's I parallels oh, yeah. To, yeah. to the whole, like, where Dragon looks at Cutthroat and he's like, dude, you just got to fucking give up. And he yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of a Absolute throwback to callback. when, uh, a callback to when uh, him and Angel. His well, no, man. I guess that's a callback to that's a callback to issue number one too. So that's uh, yeah, that's po- that's poetry. And he's uh, isn't that cool? And he's already beaten him one time with Angel, him and Angel, because Eric did that throwback to when Dragon uh, fought. What was it? Uh, uh, his old man and I forget the the his wife's Glo- glowbug. Glowbug. Yeah. So, uh, and I think that's just a, a great shot of Greta walking in. Right, yeah, the yeah. pose where she's like all her weights on one leg and she looks ready to kick ass. Yeah, it's cool, yeah. dude. Yeah, and I love because I don't think of her as cool, but that's a cool. Yeah, pose. and she doesn't seem so automated there. She actually seems like she's got a bit of personality just by the look on her face. It, it, right. You know, and I love Action Jackson victory, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> I just I love how Malcolm though taught like you guys hit on it how he talks down to Cutthroat Kid basically like you know between my superpowered kids my robot maid and myself you guys didn't stand a chance these turd girls give me a break the best they can do is make me nauseous they're soft as shit <laughs> and basically just like ripping him a new asshole like you're done it's like and the look at his face on the up. next panel is like uh, yeah. you know what you're you're fucking right <laughs> yeah he's realizing he's like I don't want to die I drop my knife. <laughs> He's like, and he's so like dismissive of him. He's like, while you've grown into quite a little scrapper against me and the others, that's just not going to work out for you. <laughs> yeah, dude, so shitty. He's so yeah. rude and condescending. It's great. <laughs> it's a great sequence, dude. God damn. And again, that fight sequence was just a few pages. But holy shit, dude, it delivered so much character and so much action. And mm. uh, I. The smoke still coming off. Oh Jackson. yeah, <laughs> smoldering. Yeah. Victory. I know. I love that. <laughs> Victory. Victory is mine. You know. Uh, <laughs> and I, when we move into the next page, I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, I love the device Eric uses with the the calendar dates, showing the progression yeah. of time of being in quarantine and this pandemic right. that's going on. I mean, it really helps move us along in time. Right. Yeah. 
I gotta say, I love these thick outline inks that Eric's been using all issue. Oh, yeah. And shout-outs to the Scott Pilgrim shirt. <laughs> well, I think those yeah. thick lines, that's a, a great shot of Maxine. It, it makes his thinner lines just... Uh, that thick lines around her legs makes those thin shading lines just, uh, you know, sing. You know, you, you right. get that, that yeah. feeling of that thick and thin and that weight. What carries weight and what doesn't. I think he's really nailed... Maxine's look down so much like all this issue like just the the profile shots and like just the like the cartoony faces and then her looking more serious like dude like Scott it's funny you're here for this I remember when you said look at the way he drew Maxine in the beginning and I like I was going through my old issues and like it is crazy like when he didn't quite have Maxine dialed down how different he didn't have a model for her the model was but, ever changing. It was like a work in progress. But dude, he's oh, got it. Hell yeah! I'm just saying, like he's fucking got it. This issue, there's so much good shit going on. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I and I, I love you know again, moving the camera angle, uh, pulling in, pulling out, down shot. You know, Maxine's on a phone. How you know that? A lot of people, if they were to draw that page. It would be the most uninteresting page known to Matt. Eric using panel breaks, using, uh, you know, Maxine seated figure, focusing on the actual figure work, then showing where is she? Oh, she's on the couch. You have no clue in that first panel. It's just a really well-rendered figure. You close close up on her as she's talking. You pull back. You see Amy sitting there watching TV um, as she's talking. And, you know, it just, it's really nicely done and and i like the subplot this whole issue it is carried throughout the whole main story of the concern that you know maxine is worried about covid yeah and so like even though they didn't kill even though the like vicious circle juniors didn't kill maxine or or dragon you know maybe just maybe one of them was infected you don't know it's a risk yeah I do think it is insane, and by the way, P.S. bros, for listeners who listened to the last FinCast where we had the, the little spat about the sex tape, it was so hard for me to pretend that I didn't, because uh, I couldn't pull this little thing out here. But bro, the sex tape, they did it for money. Like, ten years worth of rent? Yeah. I'm ready to make a sex tape. Like, goddamn. Yeah, but you gotta be related to a celebrity. Bro, I'm trying. Well, and it might be the lightning that uh, lightning strikes that he has on his schmeckle because remember uh, when uh, <laughs> when uh, Maxine was describing it to uh, Kevin's uh, schmeckle to uh, Angel, she talked about lightning bolts on it. Thunderhead. <laughs> no pun intended. For, first of all, thank you for including the term schmeckle in this podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just for you. It always adds so. <laughs> I love it, Doctor. Yes, it's gonna be my catchphrase. I, I think it already <laughs> is, dude. <laughs> uh, I love the next panel uh, on the the top again. That great device of moving uh, us, you know, to main. Uh, we go from May eighth to May 9th I love Dragon having her over her shoulder. Nice little uh, keister shot. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Before you go oh. on too much, because like we're about to get into the what? I think it is hilarious for Maxine to say all of her children are killers. <laughs> that is yeah. such subtle comedy. She's like, oh, she's like, three of my four kids are killers. They've all killed people. I'm like, dude, that is so funny without being like a a joke, like a jokey type joke. Like, that's such subtle comedy. It's so fucking hilarious. You know, I, I, anyway, sorry. I never Can't. even thought, of, you're right, it is. I never even thought about about it. Now it's like, yeah, you know what? They all are. Such subtle comedy. Oh, that's, that's right. I guess technically um, the other one also killed somebody. Yeah, he uh, says, Ty- Tyrone, uh, right? Who did Tyrone or, kill? Uh, his mother. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Tyrone killed his mom. Maddie killed the cock. Jamie killed... dropped that building on somebody. Yeah, there and, you go. Hmm. Oh, and oh, actually, Maddie's killed two. Maddie people. killed oh, her wait, mom. Did, did... Maddie killed her. Yeah, Maxine did have to be brought back. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's right. Maddie killed her that's mom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the kids are killers. <laughs> it's dangerous having superpowered children. At any rate, I'm sorry. Dude, we can keep going. I, I love the profile shots in this comic. Yes. Like, the one with Maxine talking on the phone. Like, Eric's really nailed down, like, Asian features. Or even the 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 profile of Malcolm when he was Skyping or Zooming or whatever. That, that, that huge page. Like, just great features on, on the characters. It just look so realistic. Yeah. It's great. It's good stuff. Yeah, man. Again, like I said, this whole issue, if you flip through, you're not really going to see stock face anywhere. Like everybody has a subtle, even on the web spinner page, like there's just subtle differences in their expressions. That's Mm -hmm. good shit, dude. So fucking good. Why don't we get to that? Oh, by the way, call back to State Fair Zucchini. She's like, yeah. are you expecting delivery of anything? I was hoping for a prize-winning zucchini. So funny. The pet name's Squash Monster. Super hilarious. But I think we know what we really want to talk about. Well, I well before we get to the final page, I want to just quick say that this is the page I was afraid we were going to get that that sudden death. And that, oh, really? That Malcolm would have a... Um, Jim, have, that would have gutted me. Hold dude. on a second. Malcolm would have had a... Had a um, Oh, I know what you mean. Name? What was your name? Why am I forgetting your name? Debbie. Debbie, Debbie Harris Debbie? moment. Yeah. Oh, God damn. Dude, that would have gutted me. To, uh, uh, we actually got something far worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> far worse? Wait a minute. I don't know how I feel I don't know how I feel about this. I, I really don't. Oh, no. I can't wait. Wait, wait. What, what was your guy's first reaction when you turned that page? Fuck. Son of a, son of a bitch. I was like, fuck, no. I know what you're doing, Eric. You can't get past me. Craig, what was yours? I don't know. I was just like, what the fuck? I never expected it. Dude, I was never. fucking hyped because I was shocked. I instantly my mind went everywhere that this could go. Right. I, yeah, I Like, how's, no. Like, I, my immediate react. well, here's the thing. I knew this was, I... Not new, but I. You did not. I, I saw it as a possibility as far back as when Dragon died. There's no. way. I saw this fuck. as a possibility. One of those backdoor things you sort of see. Yeah. I hoped. I. It, I, I kind of hoped it wouldn't happen, but I kind of thought 
yeah, this is a way to do it if he wanted to do it. So we'll just, you know, we'll not talk about it, see what happens. And, oh, look, he's here. Uh, it's Paul. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm with you no on that one. No way. No way! There's no way you dudes thought he was bringing Paul into modern continuity. No, no, but... Uh, well, he, he already did that. I mean... Greg, did you say you did not? I didn't think... Thank you. No, I didn't either. Wait, 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 wait. But he You're the only brought, one who's not a liar. He, but Raven, he already brought Paul back into modern continuity when he acknowledged Paul during the merging of the multiverse. I mean, yeah, come that is true. I, I do realize that, but I never thought he would be back as like a cast. I never thought I that thought either. it was just kind of a cheeky little nod. I, th- I thought it was too, and I was fine with the cheeky little nod. I, I'm going to have to see where this goes because to me it's like, okay, it's as – I don't know. I don't – All right, okay. If Allow me, if you will, to sell you. All right? I'm going give, to give me a shot. Give me a chance, you hater. Here it comes. So for one – I instantly am filled with questions. I think that this is vastly superior to simply bringing Dragon himself back. I would agree. I think... Yes, that is... Yes. Vastly superior. Because I think that Paul is less of a known commodity than you think he is. For one, is he a Krillian? What happens when he gets a blood infu- transfusion? Right. I don't think Does he think blow he, I up. Don't, I don't think he has dragon's powers because I don't. I don't think that was the thing with him. But we don't know if this is the exact same verbatim Paul that you think you know. Right. This is more of a blank slate than you're thinking, dude. I'm telling you, this guy might have super aim. He might be strong as shit. He might have healing powers. You don't know what you're really looking at here. Right. We just know that the, he's a counterpart of Dragon, so they. Well, and, and, and that whole miss me thing it and, makes you think that and, it's Dragon psyche in, and I know the merging of multiple, uh, you know, right? But you know, how does Dragon? How does Malcolm even know Paul? Well, Malcolm doesn't know Paul, but clearly Paul here knows Malcolm exactly. So uh, that's what led me to believe maybe that's Dragon psyche in Paul. You know what I'm saying? That's what. Well, that's, that's well, what we don't know. To, it has to be. He's got you. Got to share the memories of all the characters. But how is it that he wasn't merged? He had to have been stuck in Dimension X or something. That is true because, because the universe the the universes were destroyed when they were merged. Yeah, right. So yes, and, how and did he survive? Though, remember though, not every universe, because clearly we saw other universes. In one of these issues, but those I'm were forgetting. those those universes were not merged, right? Right. The only well, uni- that's what I'm saying. The only universes that were merged were the ones that we saw, the ones that we've right. seen before, the ones that we were introduced to when we were seeing other people's like conflicting memories in the issue, right? You know, it was an infinite number were not destroyed, a finite number were destroyed, but they were destroyed. So, either he shares the memories and knows who Malcolm is because he knocked on his door and called him Malcolm. Right. He says, miss me. Somebody told him who Malcolm is. Right. My working theory is that he's Paul. He's Paul dragon, but he has all of dragon's memories. So he knows who Malcolm is, whether or not that's affected his personality is, is is a question. Let me throw something else out there. Does Paul dragon have Kerr secretly living in his head? Like, what the fuck could happen? To me, that's why I get hyped. 
Because, goddamn, dude, this guy, you're thinking, oh, this could just be Dragon back in the book. Oh, Chicago cop time. Let's jump in a time machine and go back to 1992. But, dude, it could go fucking anywhere. He could get, like, cur memories and just fucking try to become... He could become Malcolm's worst goddamn enemy, dude. I do love that... It's the Paul Dragon or Paul Dragon looking dragon. Oh, yeah. So it's like a visual cue that, hey, this isn't the same old. I, I would agree with that. And, let, and let, let's say hypothetically he does have all of regular dragon's memories. And like in, in, in most ways, he's like regular dragon. Are the people right. who said bring dragon back from the dead going to be happy with this dopey Finn dragon? I don't know. Dude, Alex. I, Alex seemed like she was down to plow anybody. Like, is Alex going to be like, oh, and fuck anybody, yeah, anybody dude. green in the storm? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Michael Jackson. I don't care. Stick it in. Like, I'm telling you, dude. I remember Eric was talking about having Dragon kind of play the mentor role for Malcolm. So is that what we're looking at possibly now? I thought, you know, but like, that's the thing is we're well so past the mentor role I, stage. I would agree with that too because that my understanding was that's what he was going to do when he had Dragon's powers taken from him. He was going to be more like a Captain America, Batman, uh, yeah. you know, Batman Beyond role where the older. I got to admit though, I, I hated I Skinny Dragon. It just I did not like him as well. Skinny Dragon. Skinny Dragon is the <laughs> best. <laughs> You He's do not, so dude. cool. You're just being contrary. No, no way. No Jim, way. You're, you're like bizarro me. Skin, I swear to God. Skinny dragon is one of those things. Cool, I think you're the it's opposite. One of those great concepts that I think. I actually dragon getting buff and blowing up was actually the worst thing for me because it got rid of skinny dragon. Oh, he should have died skinny. I hate skinny he dragon. Should have died I skinny. Him, I, I hate think him. Eric had a hard I hate time. Him. Consistently drawing. Should have died skinny. <laughs> Screaming. He should have died skinny. <laughs> <laughs> I think the reason I didn't like it should have been you. I didn't like Skinny Dragon because he wasn't he wasn't consistently drawn. It, it was I think Eric was having a hard time drawing Dragon Skinny because I think there was a couple there was multiple times that he just didn't look. He looked yeah. like a goof. Well, he looked like an old man. He looked his craggy <laughs> face with the with the small body. It kind of made him look like an old man. Well, how old would you guys guess Paul is here? Is, that's another fun wild card. Is is this like 30-year-old? Like, is this dragon when we met him age dragon? I, I think the smaller fin makes him look younger. What do you, I mean, what do you think? Like, I'm saying, like, is this going to be like... Cause again, if I had to guess, he's the same age as yeah, dragon. Well, I actually would say he's older because I want to say he's probably... His adventures were in 82, like in real time. Like, whenever, whenever those graphic I, fantasy yeah, issues are published. That, yeah, if it's Paul Dragon, is it real time from graphic fantasy? <laughs> right, that's what that, I'm that's saying. That's what there's, I want. Dude, there's so many fun, crazy questions. He doesn't questions. look no, that he old, doesn't. though. Like, is this guy going to be into, like, sweet 80s big hair? Well, he's, you know, been through a couple <laughs> of decades since then. You know, taste change. Well, and it makes me also Jimmy, wonder, uh, is he going to, because we know Jennifer Murphy is still alive from that, you know, the hand pushing up the rubble. Uh, well, oh, we, uh, we, right. we don't I didn't even think we don't that. know whose hand. Well, that well was. I, yeah, it, it was implied. It could be another dragon baby. Yeah. It could be a fetus hand. Yeah, yeah, this is true. That's the, that's the two minds we're of. We don't know if it's Jennifer or if it's a dragon baby. Makes me wonder though, because Jennifer was younger. He looks younger. If that's kind of the, you know, bringing Jennifer Murphy back. 
You're right, though, dude. That could be young Dragon and young Jennifer together. Of course, of, well, of course, the um, uh, my my knowledge of graphic of Paul Dragon history is vague, but I don't think his wife was named Jennifer. Well, I want Paul to get like fucking his head blown off and it grows back with a normal fin. No, absolutely <laughs> not. He needs to have this this turd on his forehead forever. Look how cool would, he is. Would you really be mad I if believe, the turd got like taken away? I believe his wife was Sue in the graphic fantasy. But uh, she did look like Jennifer, so I think they are supposed to be counterparts of each other. Oh, for sure. And then you'll see in in uh, the backup in this that... Is oh, that's right. I forgot that I had actually read all of this recently because it's in this issue. Yeah, it is. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Which is probably right. handy for anyone who turns this page and goes, who the fuck is this asshole? Right, right. Well, and and it totally makes sense now why, gra- why graphic fantasy number two is reprinted in yeah, this issue. Yeah, it does. And well, and I'm just now looking, and it's like, next issue, Father Knows Best. So it makes, you know. You know, it's funny because yeah, Eric told us he was reprinting it in color at the time, and we were all going, oh, okay, he's just <laughs> filling the issue up. You know, yeah, got to fill those it. pages. Who well, knew somebody it would be relevant? Have, somebody must have dropped the ball is what I thought. I really did. I was like, oh, damn, I wonder who dropped the ball. <laughs> well, I, I didn't think that because he's done a lot of his old stuff recolored, and so I just thought he wanted to get it in color, but I just never put, never thought it would relate to the Nor did story. I. I love it. I gotta say, I am goddamn pumped that, like, Paul is here. I love it, dude. Let the Paul era begin. Paul to the wall. I'm sorry for you dudes that don't have excitement and thrill of mystery in your I'm, life. You know, I, I'll wait and see what happens. You know, I'm not... I was like, oh, fuck. Because I, I just don't want it to go down, oh, Dragon's back. And it'd be a cheap way of yes, bringing him God. back. I don't want him to steal the show. I don't either. I'm, He's I'm not loving gonna, guys. He's less interesting than Malcolm immediately. I guess Malcolm is immediately more I interesting. He's not here to steal the show. Malcolm already has this cast and his family surrounding him. Right. Like, I, I don't see that changing. I see him being a supporting character. Yeah. If he's, if, if he even is Paul dragon, who's to say he's not some kind it's of imposter back again. Know. Well, anything, some kind of decoy or well, mutant and you know or, what the, know. the way that the, the way that glum in a dragon. There you suit. go. The way that Eric <laughs> has no problem discarding characters, as we you know in this issue. I mean, he killed you know uh, a whole bunch of uh, you know characters. Who knows? He Paul Dragon might run its his course and you know, be sent to pasture like so many other characters that we didn't think Eric was going to even kill. He'll catch, well, a f- again, he'll catch a fist in a couple issues. What I think is most impressive about it is, okay, here's the thing. Why? One of the reasons why I'm super positive on this is that, like, if it had just been Dragon, you know, what that would have been boring. I think by it being Paul, because Paul Dragon... For the listener who may not know, because we have to consider, too, that there's... <laughs> you made it this far, and this might be your first issue of Savage Dragon. Like, maybe you're giving it a chance, right? Paul Dragon is, like, a proto-Savage Dragon from Eric's childhood, and he's always been something that readers have been aware of. He's even had the tiniest of cameos in, like, a panel. And, like, he's been printed as backups, but it was always just assumed that he was left in the dust. 
And so here's Paul in modern continuity, and it's cool. It just makes you wonder, like, what does Eric, like, you look, like you guys said, you guys said it best. Malcolm has such a complete cast. Captain Tootsie, Greta Gearbox, Thunderhead, May, you know, uh, good lord, dude. There's just, like, friends, like, uh, his reality TV show host, Walden Wang. Like, Malcolm has such an awesome cast of characters. Angel Maxine, yeah. Yeah, Angel, Maxine, Alex is floating around in the background being a sad sack, you know, <laughs> Frank Jr., Frank Jr., and yet, here's fucking Paul, like, where does he even fucking fit? Like, what else did Eric have to, that he wanted to do with Paul? What else did he have that he wanted to do with Dragon? And it's cool to see this piece of Savage Dragon lore worked into modern continuity. Like, I don't know. It's something I never thought I'd see. It flips my lid. Oh, this changes Dragon's first appearance. Uh, How? Because, well, his first official appearance is Savage Dragon miniseries number one for this iteration of the oh, character. But... Oh, you're right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you're, you're right. It's a graphic fantasy. Well, yeah, I guess, right? Or, you're, uh, you're right, yeah. Or Megaton, Megaton whatever. Yeah. I guess Graphic Fantasy was first. I don't know. Yeah, if Paul counts, all of a sudden that, that matters more. I think that's what's cool is, yeah, kind of like Flash Mercury. Just fucking keep that old shit in the modern continuity and keep it alive. and It's exciting and it's fun to me. It'll be interesting to see where this goes. I mean, I think maybe it will keep some people happy that love dragon maybe eric really misses uh dragon but it's also a way to say it's not the same character and it looks a little visually different too as well so uh we'll we'll see i i i'm not like blown away like super excited like i'm so glad he's back because i was kind of hoping for it just to be i'm I'm with you there Uh, and we turn the chapter but at the same time if anyone can pull it off, it's Eric, and it's 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 a crazy twist. I'll tell you that he doesn't. Eric doesn't ever fail to really flip the script on these like anniversary issues. I'm going into oh, it with yeah. an open mind. I mean, it it kind of floored me, blew my mind. I'm, I I just again, I, I love that it, Malcolm is taking the lead, uh, and I'm I'm keeping an open mind, and I'll see where it goes. I love that it blew my oh, mind. I love that yeah. I turned the page and it left my jaw on the ground. Whether I completely loved it or hate it, I love the fact that this book can still freak me out and, and you know, just completely surprise me. Yeah. After 28 years, 250 issues, over 5,500 5, pages. I literally... And this book can still flip you the fuck I literally out. said, what the fuck? <laughs> when I got to that, I was like, what oh, I the have... fuck? I audibly gasped. I was like, (gasps) like I couldn't believe it, dude. Yeah. So we only got through the, the main story. There's so much more of this hundred page beast and these backups. They're a lot of fun. Fuck yes, dude. Ton of fun. Fun is the order of the day, except for the one we're going to be mean to that one. I won't. (laughs) I will. We'll get there. (laughs) But Flash Mercury, dude, so I love good. these Flash Mercury comics. These are so funny, dude. Open face, putting the mug into his open face and just tipping it back. 
It's funny as <laughs> shit, dude. I love how Eric, you know, mixes it up with some funny ass ones, but it's using his characters. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a mix of just, just comedic type strips like this Flash Mercury, or uh, we'll see uh, what's what's the Andy Coon guy is. Uh, oh, Carl that Carl I think was one of the. I I really enjoyed that backup. I think, it, uh, yeah. I don't want to jump to that, but we'll get there. But I just I enjoy that Eric, you know, takes these strips and just just does a whole lot of different fun things. Yeah. Oh yeah, like the different variety it's all savage dragon content but just the different variety you get yeah i'm right there with you dude um this deadly duo saturday night Smackdown, i've got a couple issues with that one not me what get out of here me. get out of here on, before you get out before you spout all your wrong horse shit let me just say Greg <laughs> kirkpatrick mwah, beautiful work my friend Okay, sorry. Now you can say what you want. Um, <laughs> now you no, can shit uh, on it. 50 issues prior to this, um, Gavin and I did a uh, glow bug or, uh, backup with Wild Hair where she thwarted a bank robbery and was... You mean light, lightning, lightning bug. bug. Yeah, what I say? Glow bug? Lightning bug. Uh, yeah. Thwarted uh, Wild Hair from robbing a bank, was offered money, and then was going to join the SOS or was thinking about it. Yeah, but I thought it was left that she was thinking about yeah, it. I guess so it, did, it didn't, didn't pan out. Well, I, nah. you know, I, it's just like an extreme. I mean, she was offered a, a big bag of cash. So uh, that was my question. It was, you know, continuity-wise, what what has happened to make her want to switch? Because it, it seemed like she was moving towards a, a good guy direction. You don't need to know. That's not important. Because the thing is, is it's like you see her robbing a bank. Clearly, she changed her mind. Yeah, and how? Like fuck it. And Schmeckle. And Schmeckle. Yeah. Dude, I I love the the Super Patriot transformations. Yes, I love dude. that long arms and legs. Super Patriot. Yes. Is back. I love. Um, how thick he makes lightning bug right yes dude <laughs> she looks great this is such a good he did such a good job with oh all i like a lot of his faces uh, you know uh, the one uh on yeah. the second page uh the last panel where she's kind of smirking and she's got her hand yep. mm-hmm. uh, yeah that great expression um i do wonder where her leg yeah. is in that second panel on that page just bent behind her yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. Where's yeah, where's her... Whatever. Yeah, the, Whatever. If, you know... <laughs> it could be bent the other way. Yeah, but if she was on it, it would be, you know... That... I mean, that's minor, but... And guys... I love Super Patriot in the, the second to last panel on that page. <laughs> I was going to say... Look great, how elongated how, he is. How great that is, dude, with his really long... Legs like, and arms. Legs. Yeah. I... I miss that, like in the f- the first issue, issue or, ten. I, I think the mini I think it was issue ten when he's just crawling and he looks so freaky. That was looking. when Dragon yeah. was in the hospital and he had the wicked worm on yeah, him, and yeah. they're they're yes. now in like some basement, some basement, and he was like crawling and had his head down. Yeah, total reminiscence of that. 
But dude, shoutouts too to this hilarious exchange where basically Killcatch just mocking how controlled Super Patriot often is. Yeah, yeah. literally all the time. All the constantly, dude. It's hilarious. I mean, this is stuff I, I call Super Patriot on all the time. The Covenant of the Sword, Wicked Worm, Braino, Mind Warp. <laughs> like, so yeah. He's, it's like Eric making fun of himself, his own tropes. And even the gags, the funny names, dude, continue. He's like, is it Albino Rhino, Big Sneeze, Pink Belly, <laughs> the Listless Drifter? Listless <laughs> Drifter. Dude, we gotta see Listless Drifter and the Atomic Eye duo. Laugh a lot. Laugh a lot. <laughs> so good, dude. It's to me absolutely like and again, look at her expression when she sees Kid Avenger. That is such a good expression, dude. And he looks so funny and cheesy just standing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's no fun little story. I love the deadly duos. They use like the logo. When yeah. They, <laughs> Did you forget Killcat was part of the deadly duo? We're not called the deadly duo for nothing. We're called the deadly duo because we're a duo. So good, dude. The people getting the money. Look at oh, the fat I love the stuff in the stuff cash. In a, yeah, that panel I really <laughs> dig. You know. So good, dude. It's excellent. Yeah. This is an excellent backup. Like the busted out tooth kill cat in the final page. Yeah. Dude, pure comedy gold, man. So funny. And the look on Kid Avengers' face. Like kill... <laughs> kill cat at the end. He's like, so autographs, photos, smooches for all the pretty ladies, line forms on the left girls. <laughs> <laughs> he's so cheesy, dude. The world's greatest these, fighting team. These little backups are just perfect for the deadly duo. I mean, yes. they just, you know, it, it's it's a nice little break. They're silly. And dude, like Super yeah. Patriot's hilarious reaction, like that was exactly what you were supposed to do. So funny. Subtle, yet yeah. funny. Yeah. Because Super Patriot has... No funny bone at all. Yeah. <laughs> the guy is super serious. Right. Oh, but yeah, so I love the strip. This, uh, again, it's great, you know, comedy relief and well drawn, well paced. Um, a lot of fun. And you got to think what a treat for like dynamic duo or dynamic, deadly duo fans. Like, yeah. dude, such real estate they are given in this. Oh, and, and I love how, like, established characters are incorporated, not just, like, throwaway villains. Or no, I agree. Heroes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. If this had just been a generic ugly, I'd have been so disappointed. But, like, every character is a character you know. So, I've ruined something for myself all of a sudden. Look on the <laughs> final page where... Did you soil your pants? Kinda. Look on the last <laughs> page of the story where, it's, where, the, where it says end at the bottom. Uh-huh. All right, now look in the mm-hmm. second panel at uh, Super Patriot, the close-up of Super Patriot's face. Uh-huh. Now, kind right. of look at that um, that flag as if it was a profile of a face. I'm trying to follow you. You, you don't see it? No, he's looking straight on. Right, right, but look at it like the shape of his mask. Are you talking Try about... Try to ignore the, the black space. Where it's like a mouth? 
Yes. And, and the eye is the eye. And there's a nose. Yep. I can never unsee it now. What is it? I don't there's understand. A fa- there's like a face, and if you look at Super Patriot's mask... He's looking at. He's looking forward, but if you look at it as though it was a, in a profile, in profile. <laughs> so okay, like, like Super Patriot's eye is an eye. I see what you're trying to say, but Jim, that is so absurd, dude. <laughs> yeah, do not let that. Let me direct you to a funnier panel. If you look at the left and you see uh, Kid Avenger <laughs> with his awkward posture as he tries <laughs> to look, you know, he's trying to hold a limp, super thick, villainous. Who has been drawn very knocked out and hilarious, but he look look at his weird like his his crotch is pulled away, like I'm not touching. It's kind of like how you slow dance. It's not in, what you like, think, you know, grade school. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, so funny, dude. That's great comedic body language, and it's great gesture on uh, both figures. Guys, I fucking love this Frank Fosco powerhouse story this is this is a fun story this is exactly the kind of thing i want from these i was i was talking to frank yesterday on the phone and and i I, I was talking to frank and i I, I was telling him how much i loved his his story and uh yeah and i said whose idea was it to to bring in the, the the mutated turtles and he was like oh that was all eric eric was you know thought it would be kind of cool and he goes he wanted them to be kind of like those uh alligator snapping turtles so yeah awesome he nailed it dude yeah my only thing i love the story i love frank's artwork i love the colors again i love the lettering uh i i'm just hoping that you know uh, out of all the battles that dragon had with powerhouse not once did his mask get knocked off now right. two times right. his mask has gotten knocked off once by Malcolm and once you know by one of these turtles you know uh, I, I just hope it's not like a now a reoccurring thing you know well it's kind of insinuated uh, Scott my friend that uh, you know it's just he might be getting older well and he definitely does look older and I, and I do like the bit at the end about going to see a doctor yeah, that's yeah. what he. That's what they're kind of hinting is that like his old age, like his mortal old age, is actually kind of starting to impact his performance as powerhouse. You know, mm. so that's kind of Just, the way I read it. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, think about it, dude. He's getting shot in the back with a cannon, and it takes him to the ground. That doesn't seem like on par with like powerhouse. Like it's definitely something he should have been able to shrug off, right? Yeah, you're right. So I just feel it's kind of like being communicated to you just a little bit, just getting old. And even though he's I still, I think it super... is a lot. He's getting beat up. I mean, that first page, he's like, they still talking about, are you going to be okay, powerhouse? Malcolm smacked you pretty good the other day. Yeah. Well, I he... figure his powerhouse form is pretty formidable. He mostly just got smacked around in the sense he got his mask knocked off and Denny took a tumble. That's kind of how I saw it. and Which I guess could shake you up psychologically. So maybe that powerhouse is having like psychological problems. Well, he's an older you know? guy, too. Because when he gets his ma- mask knocked off, he gets really, really frightened. Feeble. Well, not yeah, feeble. feeble not, I'm shit. not talking about what he looks like. I'm talking about 
how he reacts. How he's basically begging for his life, saying, I'm sorry. I didn't mean. Yeah. He's, like, terrified of being powerless. Right. Right. He uh, he lands hard in human form again on this issue. Yeah, he does. Yeah. F- Fever doesn't seem to mind. She helps him out. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I just love that panel where the turtle is grabbing Fever, and she's like, ah, as she's trying to give him the mask back. You know, right. and then you turn the page, and you got, you know, the next page, you've got, you know, the her snake hair biting, you know, the turtle. I mean, it's it's... Frank is a phenomenal storyteller, and I, I think yeah. he is really, uh, he's really nailed these three characters and kind of made them his oh, own. Oh, absolutely! Uh, I, I couldn't see, just like he did with Van Gogh. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't see another artist drawing the adventures of these three besides Eric. Uh, you know, I Frank, think he yeah. really did a. I think he did a really stunning job too. Just like you know, this whole issue takes place in the rain, and yeah, and, it's real moody. Yeah, and that's no easy feat. But dude, he's just got water just coming off of everything all the time. You know, drops on the ground. Like if you look you at know, the you can if see you look re- at the actual line work, there's not. He implies the rain, but a lot of that is done in the color. But oh, but really? I think he brings it too. Like he brings it too. Like you can see it dripping off of clothes oh, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And like he's used the like cuts in powerhouses, the black of powerhouses form, and the darkness of uh, fever. Yeah, <laughs> I'm forgetting. Yeah, fever's like cloak. Like you know, Frank did his work on that rain oh, too. Oh so I, I agree with you that the coloring is just really awesome. Uh, you know, with that, but I think like there's a lot of really excellent drawing oh, happening here I wouldn't, too. I wouldn't argue that fact at all. I wouldn't dispute that. Guys, how cool is it, though, to give Frank a chance to do, like, a Turtles parody? Yeah. Like, so close to him finishing his Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles run with Gary after so long. And he gets to turn around in this issue and do, like, a Turtles parody right here. Like, it's so cool. Just the timing of it, dude. Yeah. I love that panel where um, Powerhouse has got the... Donatello type turtle, the purple master, and he's about to like punch him right. flying through the air. Great pose. Just just cool. And we just didn't even say that Dr. Savannah added again. Yep, he is public domain, so he can be anywhere. <laughs> as long isn't as he's that, not on a cover. Isn't that great, dude? <laughs> I, I do I, love the fact they just use his name, and that's who yeah. it is. The end. It's Dr. Savannah. Come and get me. Time Warner. It's such a, it's such a cool concept though that they're just like chasing monsters down and stuff. Dude, I like, like Ghostbusters or something. When when this very first when this concept was very first introduced, like I remember we were like, oh yes, like oh god, I can read so much of this, like yes, yeah. And I was so afraid that we were not gonna get more. Right. And dude, it has been such a treat. Every time I get to see these three hunting monsters. I'm like, 
fuck yes, dude. Thank you. It, it's they're so odd and they work so well. You get a Medusa guy, a bird head guy, and a speed racer guy with a dragon mask, <laughs> right. and it works. It, <laughs> and they're hunting I, monsters. I love yeah. it. It it does work. I absolutely love it, dude. The ultimate odd couple, or uh, odd triplets, yeah. yeah, or whatever. And I even love like just the subtle, like it's funny, just like subtle moments, storytelling, like a little kudos on storytelling here. It, just these two guys, like Frank Drew, the Gene Tech guy, is so creepy, and so I, it's not Gene Tech, is it? Yeah, uh, they are. No, they're not. They're not. No. Oh no, no. Oh, no, that's the right. They it? are actually they're bitching about Gene Tech and their Doctor uh, uh, Doctor Moreau's castle. Uh, they just say want to be Doctor Moreau exactly. because Gene Tech's making these like animal human hybrids. Right. Well, basically though, they're like they're like kind of like telling like we got a freak out like kind of equivalent here. You can do you know we're like using freak out to make these turtles, which I guess is funny because it's kind of like an incontinuity way to be like freak out could reverse Ninja Turtle power. <laughs> yeah, but like they're kind of like they're just so creepily drawn, and then like. As they leave, they're like, yeah, they were pretty creepy. Let's get out of here. And I was like, that's so funny, dude. It's just a nice, nice little weird subtle touch. You know? uh, speaking of subtle touches, I really love that last panel. You really get the feeling of wet pavement with the car with the the uh, taillights. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just yeah. really, I, I like the way that that, that story ends. The city, background, the yeah, the, the wet pavement. Yes, Dude, the back, the just this backup, honest to goodness, I was so fucking pleased with this backup. Shout outs to Frank, shout outs to Eric, shout outs to who colored this. Did Frank yeah. color this? Shout outs to Farron. Like, holy shit, no. bros. This no, backup. No. Nikos colored it. Nikos. Nikos. I'm an idiot. Nikos. Shout outs to the crew, dude. Everybody really brought it on this one. So fucking good. Yeah. Um, look, dudes, I didn't love this next one. Okay, I, I would. I I like it. So let's. I get wasn't into wild it. about the story. Um, I no no yeah. Let me be clear. I love the art. I love the coloring. I'm just not hot on this story. Uh, this is how do I how do I explain why I like this? This reminds me. This reminds me of like a Silver Age DC story where a character gets sent to the future and like sees something incre- has a ha- sees something incredible and it's like inspiring to them only in th- this is o- like opposite. captain america only this is the opposite where you have a character from the past being shown the present and it absolutely breaks them and i think that's a really clever twist on the trope and i really kind of dig it because so was that what it was playing into like because i know what like. you're I know what you're talking about. Like I've seen, like Captain America bicentennial battles. Like I, I can't think of a specific example, but like sometimes Superman would end up in the future, like with the, no, with I the know, yeah. and see something. But that's you guys have read that, right? The Captain America bicentennial battles is the Treasury Edition Kirby thing that he wrote, which is Captain America went back in time. No, I haven't. I have not. No, different ages no. of America. No, I haven't read that. Is that what no. this is a reference yeah. to? Uh, I don't know. I mean, now that Jim brings it up, that's what it feels like. Especially the whole America thing. 
Guys, anyway. allow me to poke holes in it just a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm going to speak my grievances. Well, first, let's say it's 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 written by Joe Keating, right? Who's you know we know is a long time. He does really good work. Savage. Story. I'm a, I'm a fan of Joe's. Uh, Nikos uh, illustrates it. I don't know who this Georgios Constantopoulos is. If he inked it or what? Beautiful uh, artwork. Farron again with the letters. Um, so. Absolutely beautiful. I, I would agree. I love the artwork, I mean, I, and I love the coloring. This artwork is beautiful. I mean, this artwork is beautiful, and I think the coloring is beautiful. Uh, I, yeah, this, I just did not get into the the story aspect of it. I mean, the storytelling is is, is good. My, I, I just didn't like the the. I wasn't a fan of the story. I, I didn't like where the story went. I'll tell you what. Here's let me just say. So I can't just say, oh, I didn't like it. Let me let me elaborate. Okay. So like, here's my problems. All right. And and I would love to be wrong. I would love to learn something and be wrong. But so like fighting spirit who gets his power from Columbia, the goddess of the Americas, he's fighting these Confederate dudes. He this is the way I understood the flow of the story. And then I'll tell you why it's done work for me. It flops. So and it has potential, but I don't think it lands. So Columbia sends fighting spirit to the future for really no reason other than to show him what he's fighting for. Right. So when he gets there, what we have is, for me, kind of an unsuccessful commentary on our modern times, of course. Right. You you have pussy hat wearing liberals, and you have, and I was very, I was dissatisfied that you have clearly what should have been MAGA hat wearing, you know, conservatives, but they, cow, they, they chicken out, the hats aren't red, they're just ball caps. So we have we clearly have pussy hats, but we don't have any ball cap, red ball caps. So okay, whatever. Yeah, why is that? I don't understand why. Yeah, to me it was a little toothless to like dial it back. Like it's like, dude, make them red. Right. Like if if you're gonna have pussy hats, put red MAGA hats on there. We know what you're getting at. Just go ahead and do it. And then so they're fighting, and then they're like, oh, there's it's not just a normal oil field. So you see Super Patriot, and he's blasting up the oil monsters, and. You know, um, then we have some more parodies of, like, you know, the two people. Uh, my pop says he used to be a great man back in the day. He's always ragging on the country. And then, oh, does he have to be so violent? Like, it's right. like, it, okay. It, we get that really lazy, both sides are wrong. Yeah. Yes, dude, that's what I don't well, it, like. You're a snowflake. You're a Nazi. It just, it was... I don't like that middling both sides are wrong argument. It doesn't work for me. Only super like, patriot is decisive enough. For America to shoot things. <laughs> See, here's the thing. See, here's the thing. This is what I don't like. You're, you're touching right upon the problem. Is that it has sort of a message of, uh, hey, guys, come on. everybody's needs to just dial it back a million. And Super Patriot says almost what I thought was going to be the plot of the, the, the point, which I could have been behind. He's like, listen, Pollyanna, move it or lose it. I have enough to deal with. You know, you think about what this story's trying to say. You have Super Patriot who is dealing with an actual threat while these two groups are at each other's throats over no reason. You know, they're just other than just whatever. So it's kind of take a fence sitting thing. But then to me, the last page totally like fumbles it where it could have been saved by maybe if the old Super Patriot fighting Yankee or whatever was like, you know what? I don't need to maybe be so 
Pollyanna about my views or something like that. Or, oh man, the fight's always going to be hard for America, I guess, or something like that. Instead, and this is where I'm just like, what? This doesn't work. Instead, when he gets back, Yankee Rebel gets back to the pre- uh, to his time. Columbia's like, uh, sort of like what she showed him. It's just like, oh, damn, that really fucked with him. She just disappears, and even the British soldiers walk away, even though they've seen nothing. Right. There's nothing There's nothing to imply that they saw well, shit. Well, especially after he's and, been kicking their ass, and he comes back, and they're just going to walk away? <laughs> right, exactly. Dude, it doesn't work for me. Well, the, sorry. He, he walks away first. And they're like, I better let him go. He looks like he's had a hard vision. Yeah. Yeah. He's on a bad, he was on a bad trip. And then he just goes and has a cry on a dock, and I'm like, that, what's the message here? I'm saying right. there's a weird centerist message that doesn't go far enough to say anything other than we maybe need to, like, not be at each other's throats so much, but, like, I mean, then the crying on the dock, and, like like I said, the British well, soldiers... It, it almost reads as a comedy, like... Because when you think about it, the story here is a, a, a naive person sees the future, our present, which is a shit show. And right. it like breaks him completely because how much of a shit show the 2020 is. I, it didn't work for me. That's all. I'm not going to be shitty and bag on it. I think it was really... It's not, I think you're right, though. So, I, think, I think you're right that there is a lot of weakness to this story. It could have been good, but it, it missed the mark. It really misses the mark when it goes that, like you said, that centrist route. Because it, 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 it like it, it like it cheapens like how do I say this? It like it plays into stereotypes hard, yeah. and it's it's kind of like those stereotypes. It's like okay, well, it's easy to make everyone look like dumb fucks if you're just going to play into stereotypes. But it's like at the end of the day, like there was a chance to have fighting rebel like Yankee rebel. I'm sorry, I've been fucking that up this whole time. There's a chance to have Yankee Rebel maybe like learn something, or maybe have him have some meaningful interaction with Super Patriot in some way. Because it seems whatever. like what he learns is that he's fighting a meaningless for nothing. Fight or, or for nothing. Yeah, have the, it's very nihilistic. Even, <laughs> yeah, even the, the, having the Trump supporters and the the pussy hat people, you know, it, it's something that they were actually kind of, you know, uh, fighting for. It just it just seemed it was there as oh let's show this conflict between two you know the left and the right without actually you know i, I just I, without actually exactly, doing it anything. just it seemed so disconnected you know it was like what's the i don't see the purpose in this story for that it, it, right and where right. you said raven it fell flat so much more could have been said. I think the dialogue between uh you know the the left and the right uh, you know, parts of the country it could Columbia. have been done differently or done more. I don't. Honest to goodness, if Colombia had even said, "So you see, conflict shall never end for America," and if fighting Yankee was or fighting rebel Yankee rebel, goddamn, I'm messing it up so much. If if Yankee rebel was like, you know, it's there's always going to be conflict, but it's worth fighting for what's right or something like that. You could have even had you're down the middle of the road, like, message, and still, like, sold it. But this crying on the dock ending... You know, you could have even... What am I well, fighting for? You know? Yeah, what am I fighting for? May Guys, maybe he's crying 
because there's such thing as oil monsters <laughs> and they're attacking America. Those, those, like he went into the future and he's like, they, what the they, fuck is this? In the future, there's these they, oil well, creatures. He's like, I wish well, I had and a gun hands. weird cyborg guy that shoots weird things yeah, out of his eyes. I don't think eyes. he's crying. He's double hand, he's double hand palming. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's like, dude, but it's he's overwhelmed. Like, this is not a good yeah, thing. Like, it is wordlessly. Yeah. Like, I know what they're saying, and we know what they're trying to say. It just doesn't come off. It's yeah, you know, oh, we're fighting for freedom, and we're gonna make America great. And but these are the queens. Should be great, these... and then I'm gonna go in the future, and people can't agree on everything, and hate each other, and call each other Nazis, and but what... oh man, it's horrible. <laughs> What's weird is it like, like so the queens men give up the fight too like what like they should have been like oh look guys well that's the thing too like why is he so shocked and saddened he's in the middle of the revolutionary war and fighting british is it really that much worse than what's going on with what he's doing now right like like why is he so shocked it's not like he lives in a peaceful time right like he's aware that he's a man of conflict like he's a man of like turbulent times like why is that such a mind-blowing thing they had better hats I don't want to shit on it. Yeah, I'm done. I I think it was a good effort. Yeah, I'll shut up. I think it's a good effort. I think uh, it's the the art, the coloring is great. I think it missed the mark a little, like you said, just a tiny bit. You know, they I think they tried to incorporate a lot. The thing I didn't like about the story that much is that it felt like, to me, it's not the type of story that belongs in a Savage Ryan 250 issue because it's not really about a Savage Ryan character. Right, like you could replace. Super Patriot with Captain America or I, any other character. I disagree um, only because I kind of sometimes like these kind of stories that don't have anything to do with Dragon. That it's kind of another creator's chance to like do something. And but maybe we they, just read a story that had nothing to do with Dragon that was great. Wait, what? Powerhouse. That's that 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 is very. Dir- you that, mean the, not not the Dragon? Not universe. Dragon Universe. I mean, there's a slight tie to this with Super Patriot showing up as like a crossover, but. Occasionally, you I, get those stories that are just another creator's character just getting it shot, and I kind of like that. I get sometimes. that. I get that, but I I don't like them for anniversary issues. I feel like anniversary issues I like to be dragon centric. I like when there's you know uh, backup stories that maybe aren't related to Savage Dragon, the regular issues right. like Megaton Man or something like that. Right. But in an anniversary issue where all the backups seem to, you know, focus on expanding the Savage Dragon universe. Oh, I know, I know, I know what the be... tie-in to Savage Dragon is here. He's going 250 years in the future. They say that in the story. That that connects it. Well, Super Patriot also connects it. I mean, directly to the anniversary issue. Not no, I I would agree. (laughs) That's my only thing. I'll shut up. I don't want to be shitty. I loved very. I loved a lot of things about this. I love the art, and also too. Let me be a hundred percent clear. Let me be a hundred percent clear. I'm not one of those people that think that you can't have political discourse in Savage Dragon. You totally can, and I think Super Patriot is actually the one hundred percent correct character to have political discourse in this comic. But my only miss, my only like issues is that uh, to me the message was muddy. It didn't go the extra mile to make a point. 
it just sort of rode a middle of the road and then had a one page like nah, nah, like the sad song from Simpsons, you know, just sitting on the dock having a cry. <laughs> and there's like I said, just two. There's logistical things. Like, why did Columbia think it was a, a kick-ass idea to interrupt his fight and give him this hallucination? I actually think she had no idea what he was going to show her. What I think- a dumbass. <laughs> She's the spirit of America. She's going to All right, mind- let's move on. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> let's move on. She's just going to mind fuck the guy she gives her powers she just, to in the she middle thought of the she, she thought she was going to show him an image of hope and future, and uh, that isn't what happened. Because who, who would know? Well, She went five years too far. Well, listen, Joe Keating, I love all of these Flash Mercury Catching up with Flash Mercury's, they are fucking hilarious. Flash and Powerhouse playing video games. I love games. the leg lamp. Dude, leg lamp from Christmas <laughs> Story. So, this is subtle comedy. I love it. Right, Gile. So. I, I do love a comic where the panels don't change. <laughs> I love that sort of thing. I think it's so great. And I Guys. that's And that's serious. I'm not lying. Look at Disinterested Powerhouse in panel two. Because what's funny is this isn't the same panel over and over again. This is drawn different. Like, look at, like, the Powerhouse in panel two. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Yeah. I guess um, you're right. It is redrawn every time. Yeah. That is some dedication. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you look, Flash's hands are moving, dude. Yep. The, the more you, his thumbs moving. The more you shake the controller, the better your character does. <laughs> um, so we get some more. Then we duo. get the best gimmick of this of these backups. I think, dude, Joe Zierman, shout out! Like your Where, art is. Yes, but the 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 reiteration of these deadly duo stories, how they tell basically the same story with right. a different different assortment of characters every time. Yes. Is brilliant. Yes, dude. Daredevil. We get some Daredevil and Vane action. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Dude, is Vane's veins come off? Like, how is that guard tied up? Is that from her veins oh. or is that like... Yeah. They must be detachable. She must grow them yeah. and can cut them off. That makes sense to She's me. She's a great visual. Yeah. I love her mask. Yeah, isn't it so weird but awesome? Yeah, and I think Joe does such a really good job of just making her look creepy and sinister here. Gotta wonder if her face is all veiny. His style to me has got this weird mix of like old timey and modern. Yeah, he's such a good artist, dude. Follow him. I've been. What does he do? Uh, I don't know, but like if you follow him on Facebook, he's always active and prolific. He's always drawing yeah. constantly, and so like I said, he's such a good cartoonist. Like you gotta check him out. His style is perfect for Daredevil, too, I feel. Yeah. Yes, dude. So good. And this is just full of, like, awesome, like, awesome panels, you know? I'm sorry. I feel like I'm talking too much. <laughs> no, it's great. I do like that it's the same gag. Right. It's, exa- it's exactly the yeah. same gag. It's Kill Cat mi- mixing up who the good guy is and who the bad guy is, getting into a fight. With the hero, and then the villain goes outside and Kill Cat bops him. Our, I'm not Kill public. Cat. Uh, uh, um, uh, Kid Avenger bops yeah, him with a headbutt. Every time the public goes crazy to steal the money. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I love how Daredevil and Kill Cat are like comparing origins of who's is better. Dude, isn't that hilarious? How basically like 
when you think about it, they're kind of really similar. Yeah. <laughs> part man, part jungle beast. And I love how Kid Avenger is so grossed out by yes, Bane. dude. And and can I just say the what is that back there? That's a leg spike. <laughs> Dude, that is so fucking funny. There's no angle I can hold you, which isn't dangerous or arousing. (laughs) He's such a loser. It's so funny, dude. And then the pool of the veins. How wicked. Just like, oh, it looks so grisly, dude. Yeah. I think it's really cool. Like, you guys mentioned it previously, but it's just a chance for characters to shine when was the last time Vane got this much screen it's been, time it's been right. quite a while right yeah and yet here she is she's never gotten this much I don't think yeah not you know, like I mean this it's like a panel here mixed with a bunch of other guys but just like a one on one um which is crazy to me because he always like invents new characters right and has a whole issue with some like brand new character fighting and he's got this huge backlog of characters that he's never touched and it's like <laughs> man it's pretty crazy like you could have used Vane in this issue and done the same thing you know? yeah look how cool Vane actually is like she detached her veins and tied a guard up and we're like oh that's so gross and cool and she looks so sinister like Joe really makes her mask make her look like creepy you know it's awesome. I, again, I love this backup, dude. Love this next one, I too. I absolutely loved uh, Carl Cosmic. I mean, Andy Kuhn just killed it. And yes, I love dude. Eric's colors yes, on dude. this. I love that, you know, uh, there's not much script. Andy lets his visual storytelling basically tell the story. I mean, it, it, there's not a lot of uh, dialogue. You know, right. uh, I love yeah. the the you know as he's kicking the the shit out of that robot. <laughs> Robot's got a great you know, design. He does, too. and I love one of my favorite panels is you know the old lady with the dog with the grocery bag. Damn, <laughs> you know as as the head is just <laughs> about ready to you know crush her. <laughs> you know, I this is where I really enjoy Eric's coloring. I think uh, I love the old timey. Uh, you know, newsprint feel that he brings to mm-hmm. it, and Andy's simplified line work and great storytelling, and like I said, the minimal script lends itself to this because his storytelling is so spot on. He's so he, good. He, I've loved his art since Fire Breather, and I know he's done a lot of Ninja Turtle stuff in the last few years. Yeah, dude, he's excellent. Yeah. I remember, I mean, he, like, I remember the wrestling, uh, the, the the luchador wrestlers, the masked wrestlers that he did way yeah. back when in uh, backup of Savage Dragon. Had none, that was, that was him? Legendary, dude. Well, what about Freak Force ver- yeah. uh, Volume 2? I haven't read it at all. He's thing. been there. <laughs> Yo, that's all, that's all Andy. Fantastic. Andy, I love you, dude. You kick ass. Um, not to be mean, but this is a very successful non-Savage Dragon backup. Oh, yes. Yeah, like, if, like again, you can absolutely tell a non-Savage Dragon-centric backup. Like, 
I was very happy to see Carl Cosmic. And it's funny because even though the punchline is always the same with the Carl Cosmic comic. It was new and fresh. Dude, it's so fun. It's, he sells yeah. the shit out of it. It's so funny. I, I love the last page. Uh, just that top panel, the expression on Carl Cosmic's face with the <laughs> finger. Gotta go. And that sense of <laughs> yeah. scale of him flying and how simple those clouds are. Andy can simplify. He's drawn nothing on that page, but he's implied so much. Uh, you know, the the one person without the, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. They're missing an arm. <laughs> you know? Oh, it's in oh, a sling. It is. Okay. Yep. Uh, um, you know, all oh, the pain. Oh, God, why? Right. Just doing my civic duty. I mean, just the... the... Dude, it's the economy of line. You know, know, Scott. It is so much harder to make a page look good with very few lines than it is to just cross-hatch the shit out of it. Simplify, 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 and then draw the shit out of the rest of it. And Andy is a master at that. He he simplified down to its essence and what needed to be drawn. To to tell the story and to tell it efficiently, and uh, I, this was probably out of the backups, uh, one of my favorites, if not the favorite. Uh, ju- I, I just really enjoyed wow. it. Nice, nice, cool. Um, this I got to say, this next backup, uh, unless you have more to say. Oh no, it. go ahead. This next backup uh, by our good friend Rich Will yeah. is probably the most impactful backup of all the backups in terms of the you know what's what happens in this is probably going to have some effects for the main story oh absolutely I, yeah. dude yeah um, and i think he uh hit it out of the park with this uh I, you know i loved you know when i first saw this i was like who the hell is this guy like in the snm thing with a dog leash on and uh, yeah what is the deal with the dog leash and the well, diaper <laughs> the dog because he's basically a slave yeah, because he's that, Thor's that's, son. That's right. Little Oral Annie's uh, bastard child with uh, Thor, and I Thor. get you know it's like Me. he's his seeing eye dog. <laughs> oh, and she's got he's yeah. got Annie eyes. Yeah, I didn't even notice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the red hair, of course. Dude, that's hilarious. Well, and again, his storytelling is spot on too. I love how he that that after that splash page there's he's letting his drawing tell the story grabbing the keys you know uh eric letting him do that with you know uh and i'm sure eric you know uh gave him a, a marvel method plot but just there at the very end you know father wake up you know rich just hit it perfectly to, mm-hmm. to you know exactly what's happening yeah. he's taking the keys he's getting in there okay he's going into the locker getting the gauntlet getting i love how he's got like I, yeah lockers I, I, <laughs> that, that, yeah i'm like wait it's wait, hilarious is this the, like the gym where, where are they at <laughs> it, you know it's like some god world land or whatever i like thor's it's god like town Marvel shitter though hilarious <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's all futuristic. <laughs> with the with the handlebars or the the grip handle grips or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the toilet you need when you're taking a Thor size shit. <laughs> but um, fantastic, and the uh, like you said, Craig, the development of having uh, Thor's son 
and the way they work together, because Thor's clearly blind, but like he's clearly following the sound of his son's voice to help yeah. him fight. Oh, it's so good, dude. That is such a cool gimmick. Seeing eye dog, I love it. You know, has the leash. I I love um, the dialogue where. He's like, you know, I, here's your glove, take it. He's whispering, and Thor's just, he's so ruthless. He's like, okay, okay, no need to whisper. It's too late for Ogdar to do anything now because he's basically not going to be fast enough <laughs> before he gets destroyed by Thor. Right. He's like, dude, I got him. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. So good, dude. And I love how, like, Thor's like, dude, you're going to respect my son. That's so awesome. I like that, uh, that oh. last page, the silhouette of Thor. It almost looks like he's tippy toe running with, you know, with holding his son by the leash. And man, did they fuck the shit out <laughs> yeah. of uh, they Hercules. Hercules is really, yeah. you know. Wait, I missed. Well, the beat the shit, the shit out of him. <laughs> well, fucked him up. Oh, all right. I thought I was missing up. Forsooth, thine anus be yeah, jello. Yeah. Then I'd have to tell yeah, Raven, why does every character have to be screwed? <laughs> Lots of bodily fluid flowing anyway. Uh, it's a great scene. It really is. I love I love that he used the term sluggard. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping again, you sluggard. Dude, all the all the dialogue. Just the Thou shalt speak to my son with due reverence, goat banger. <laughs> so good, dude. Go banger. <laughs> oh, it's good. This is a good backup. It's funny because if you think about it, all it is is Thor just breaking out of jail and beating the shit out of Hercules and then running away. But yeah. it's just so good. It works. Mind thy tongue, son of Zeus. <laughs> you shall speak to my offspring with reverence henceforth. <laughs> a blow will struck, father. <laughs> yeah. I have him for the get off me child. What did I say to thee, demigod? <laughs> so good, dude. Thor's hammer just covered in blood. And I love that like uh in Savage Dragon, Thor's hammer's just a just a fucking rock. Just a meaty ass like rock on a stick. Mickey Mickey calls Hercules an olive picker. <laughs> <laughs> the olive picker lies still, father. <laughs> so good dude it's cool verily we say continued it <laughs> exciting I'm, then, I'm i'm stoked and then we get a, yet another iteration of the deadly duo story <laughs> fifth avenue fist fight this, and this a, time with uh double page and bay guardian bay guardian who we were hoping we'd see again i thought i'd never see yeah. him again dude we got that amazing splash, and then, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen after that. And again, shout out to this artist, Fernando Pinto. Yeah. Really sells the shit out of that Bay Guardian, dude. Did he? Even the action shots are very fluid. And oh, dynamic. yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. Very animated. I think, I, I think that's what I like about this one out of the three. Uh, it, it has a very cartoon feel like you said animated feel uh yeah where it's exaggerated um like kill cat leaping 
uh, that leg bent. It, it yeah. works. Everything works uh, when uh, the desk is thrown, the expression on Kill Cat's face. You know, uh, the expression on their faces. I like the, the panel. The, the panel of his backflip on the second page mm-hmm. where he's like lands on his hands. That's the, he's like that's the one like I'm talking about really with the curve curvature his of his whole oh, okay. body and his leg and that forced yeah, perspective, yeah. but it, it, it really works. Um, I, I love uh, the amount of detail in the background, the lights up at the top. I mean, it, everything is really well laid out. I mean, he, he didn't half-ass it and wasn't lazy. I mean, he to figure out that perspective, to see through behind, uh, what is it, the Bay Guardian? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. going out that door, uh, just, you know, I find his style interesting, and, you know, he is not afraid to, to put in the work, that's for sure. And uh, shout out, kudos Eric Larson, you mad genius for writing a pronoun joke that was not only successful, but wasn't rooted in true mockery of use of pronouns and is actually hilarious. The whole they, them, when referring to double page, that is Mm. so fucking funny. And like I said, I've heard pronoun jokes aplenty. They're usually lame and sort of like, Oh, you see a pronoun, they're sort of like shitty, dude. Fucking hilarious use of a pronoun joke. And it's continued throughout the issue as a, as a running gag. It's fucking hilarious. Where they like don't really know like how to refer to double page anymore. <laughs> so, as I understand it, the reason these three deadly duo stories exist is that Eric wasn't sure who was going to complete their project in time for 250. So he basically just gave three different artists the same script with the characters changed and just waited to see what came back. Hmm. And I think because all three, well, I don't know about all three. I don't know how many people he sent it to, but the fact that three of them came back and they all are iterations on the same story it's really fascinating just to see three different artists doing the same story in their own way. Right. I think on its own, that is the I'm, best part about these stories. I'm not sure I totally believe that he wasn't planning on doing it this way, in a way. Like, I fear maybe if he got two back, it'd be fine, didn't get the third. But I don't believe that he would just give it to three people, and then what if he got two, you know what I mean? Like, with if he only got two or three, like just screwing someone out of doing one or something to that effect. Like, are you saying like he gave three out and he thought thinking he was only going to get one back? Something like that. At least that's kind of how I understood. We can ask him when we interview him again late uh, at a future date. Uh, right. But yeah. I, I thought he had said something to that effect. I think that what, I think yeah. that what, even if we, regardless of the circumstance behind it, I agree with the sentiment, Jim, that essentially these could more or less be the same story. However, yeah. because of that is the beauty of comics, man. And I'm telling you, Eric Larson, even as just a collaborator, taking full advantage of the medium by showing how, again, you can give more or less the same thing to two different artists. Me and Scott aren't going to draw a page the same. 
if you give us the same script, it's going to look different. And that's what's so cool. There's parallels between each one of the three. Uh, how the the uh, villain is knocked out, you know, the, but how they get to that end point, you know, there's certain uh, elements that are, are mainstays in each one of the stories, you know, uh, but right. the how it's drawn and how the panels are laid out and all of that is vastly different in all three. And that's what I find interesting about all three is that they're they're the same story, the same right. plot. Swapped out characters, you know, the only the only characters that are the same are Kill Cat and Kid Avenger uh, in all three stories. It's the, basically the same story, but it's it, it's different enough to make it interesting and to see their approach. Yeah, yeah, the dialogue like Eric does so much with the differing dialogue. Like, again, Bay Guardian delivering the the whole time you've been reading like the hero whether it's super patriot or daredevil they like give kid avenger sort of shocked praise they're like you you did it you know you defeated vain like but then again like you're expecting at this point bay guardian to give kid avenger his props and eric uses it a chance to make that pronoun joke again really hilarious you defeated double page yeah. she was robbing the bank they they were robbing the bank. And again, it's just another little clever shakeup. Just another little clever twist to the formula. And just the, with the three comics together just shows how, you know, inept they are. That they just keep repeating <laughs> the same mistakes. Yeah. And he's just such a bonehead. It, it's just funny. Dude, and again, just the comedic, like, even though the punchline is the same, just the to deliver the same punchline, but with different delivery, like I'll be available for slow, wet kisses for all the beautiful <laughs> ladies. Dude, that's so funny and gross and hilarious. I don't know. It's quality dudes. Fucking a absolutely fantastic. Loved every one of those deadly duo backups. So we're moving right along now. We've got our final flash Mercury. Hold on. You're forgetting a pinup. Oh. A very cool pinup. An Adam Warren pinup. I've seen this too. before. I think he posted it somewhere. It was a. F- this has been around for a yeah. while. It was a fan convention sketch. So uh. the story is a fan got this sketch, like re- com- requested it as a commission. And Eric is like, bro, get me a high res scan of that. And here it is. It's part of history, dude. Isn't that cool? It's dated cool... 2001. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's really old. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. I'm very happy to see it actually in high quality. Like, I've only ever seen, like, shitty internet scans. That's all I've seen of it, too. I mean, it's, right. it's a beautiful piece. So it's, oh, it's really cool. And then the exciting conclusion of catching up with Flash Mercury, which actually did have a through line, is what's hilarious. Chimichangas are bitches. Yeah, it wasn't the restaurant's fault. He thought he could do better, and yet... I, I know the struggle. The struggle is real. <laughs> the struggle the is soft real. Tacos, the soft taco struggle. Dude, Flash Mercury has a sad clown painting. A black velvet sad clown painting. <laughs> <laughs> and eats on a TV tray. Don't we all? Yeah. Hmm. Some of us eat right off the floor. No, I'm kidding. 
Please no uh, judgy. And then finally we get a reprinting of the very first uh, Paul Dragon story, Possessed. Right. Which, um, first time in color, I believe. Graphic fantasy, too. Yeah, first time in color. I think we've seen it reprinted in black and white before. And, of course, it was also reprinted in the Archive series long ago. And it was basic, in a way, reprinted, but Savage Dragon 65. Yes, it was, re- it was retold. The, yeah. s- the story Re-told. was retold in 65 in Savage Dragon. Reimagined. Yes. Yep. Using the same exact layouts. Uh, I gotta say, Mako being an SOS member is a pretty interesting twist. I actually forgot about that. Yeah. I love the... I always knew he was. A, I always knew he was a hero, guys. I always knew he had the heart of a well, hero. Well, is that because well, he would? He was. Is that why? You know, he's a good guy because he's wearing Submariner's underwear. Yes, he's wearing yeah. the green but, the green pants instead of the black bodysuit. That's how you can tell. I mean, he was a good guy for a little bit in the regular series. Right. He but, even flew through Dimension X and stuff. He had his little jetpack. He looked cool. That's as what shit. I'm saying. That was the best <laughs> Mako ever was. Yeah. Then Dart had to fuck it up. Well. Can I just say Paul punching that guy's goddamn throat open is crazy as shit? There's, <laughs> so, there's something, like, more visceral about, like, the head not coming clean off, but instead just, like, yeah. ripping. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. And Bronze Man. He's kind of a cool visual. Yeah, he's basically Overlord. Yeah. I love uh, all the characters that you see. Like you see the old school versions of Zeke and Dart and Rock. Star, and I don't know who that little flate, that Dormammu guy is. That they're all watching the little like film strip, and you just see his glowing head. Human well, and then dude. one of the one of the Johnson Dormammu. boys are busting through the wall. Right? Yeah, we yeah. like the costume is verbatim, yeah. dude. Dragon kind of, I mean, Paul kind of sends Mako off like a fucking dog. Isn't it kind of funny? Get yeah. out of here. Get lost. Oh, whatever. I get the picture. <laughs> wow. What a dick. It's funny because in the issue 65. It's barbaric. Uh, it replaced. Yeah, it's barbaric. And Dragon's almost the same way. <laughs> and, uh,. The this star is... in uh, 65 is Chris Robinson, not... Uh... Yeah. Is that William, or... I think it's William Johnson, yeah. It's funny because, like, what's weird to me is, like, so I read this, and I was not hyped, because it's like, I love old... Uh, I love this old, like, Paul Dragon stuff, but, like, you know, I part of me in my brain, I always think, eh, this could have been something new. But then, like, as I read this, because I was like, well, I'm going to read it because we're going to be fancastic about it. I kind of was surprised by how good this actually is. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, characterization. Like, he's got the, like, husband-wife characterization. And, like, just the funny, like, dragon putting foam in his hand to shave. And there's just so many moments in this that are actually, like, really good and solid for somebody so young. And it's the nuts. Funny thing is, all the characters that are in this that you know ended up that carry over the Savage yeah. Dragon series because it's yeah. it's it's funny because this is the first appearance of Dragon, but it it's like in media res. It's like takes place as if this series had been going on for years. 
Right. Yeah. Um, in fact, in that that panel with Star well, on the phone, if you look in the background, you see how Star calls uh, Dragon his, uh, Paul his ex-partner? Yeah. In the background, there's a portrait with uh, Paul in the um, Flash Mercury costume as a, <laughs> as a white dude. So was he, ne- all, was he never, was he not always green in this universe? Right. Well, I mean, Eric had tons and tons of homemade comics, so it really was a thing going on. It just wasn't for public consumption. Right. Right. Yeah, I but see yeah, the Flash I just, Mercury. I didn't no, I didn't either. Awesome. So, yeah. yeah, good call. Eagle Eye. Good job. It's it's crazy. Yeah, there's an incredible Hulk joke that I thought was funny. Like this like it's funny. It's kinda like I'm like, wow, this is this shit is surprisingly well done. I love that picture now that you mentioned it. Old school. Though it is weird how his fin keeps changing from a tube into a little floppy uh, flop. Hey, man, you know, early work. (laughs) Guys, let me ask you this question then. Mm -hmm. So does Paul Dragon that shows up at the end of the main story, was he human at one time and not a... That's what I I was asking. Because his picture picture is, yeah, now, now I understand what you're saying. Dude, I'm telling you, that's why I said is like, I'm telling you, Paul Dragon showing up is more of a wild card than you think. If Paul Dragon gets like beat up and reverts into a Flash Mercury, like how weird, like what? It's, I don't know, there's crazy, crazy potential. And there's this one guy who crashes through the wall who looks just like one of the Johnson twins' is cost, uh, it cost is. Is. I, Yeah, I said that. Yeah. 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 It's just, awesome. And actually, you know what? There's another guy in brown who punches yep. him, too. I guess he's the yeah, other yeah. Johnson twins in costume. Well, yeah. that that was... I thought that that was Dragon's sons or something at, at one point, but... Well, they're all, of, they're all being mind-controlled, so they literally could be anybody. Yeah. Get a load of old powerhouse. But it's the same character. It is the Johnson twins, actually. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Old powerhouse, which look is... At old, look at old powerhouse, oh, dude. Oh, he's, he's a little smaller haystack. I love yeah. it. He's Superman make... and Super Patriot. Right. <laughs> oh, and then the, there's the panel just full of fucking cameos. The Spider-Man yeah. glove, the thing. Horridus fist. Yeah. Paul getting beat, hit with Mjolnir. Mjolnir. And then, like, dudes, again, think about what a crazy, like, conclusion to a story. Like, here's the story that Eric did. Look at all these bodies hanging and, like, piles of bones and blood. And then, like, the conclusion of this where he's like, my God, man, do you even know what you're saying? It's so good. And then he just fucking kills himself. Like, what a crazy twist. Dragon's real good at talking people down. (laughs) Yeah, that's it, dude. You're nothing like me. You're just a freak. You're a freak. You're a fucking freak. <laughs> I love how in this one, like, uh, Marcy ends up, you know, getting back with him. But in, you know, the when he redid it, she leaves him. When he redid it in uh, issue 65. Dare she stay by this man? Yeah, she, she leaves him in 65. Okay, Paul. There she'll stay. So we'll see, man. Paul to be continued, dude. And then I love this uh little closing pinup too of like uh 
if uh, readers forgot, like Eric put up pencils and just a shit ton of people inked. I it. actually inked it. Yeah, I liked yours, dude. You did a good job. D Fish yeah. did a real good job too. What are these? The official Eric inks? I don't know. I don't know who you chose here. This is not no, his inks. Not. I don't. Uh, and because uh, I see a second I can't signature read it. there. Oh, there. Oh, there is. I misread it. Uh, yeah, but, but I don't know who it is. I'm gonna just assume it was Jim. Good job, Jim. You did yeah, it. Man. Believe me, I wish I could ink <laughs> like this. Then I could get paid money. Congratulations, Jim. money. I'm very proud of you, dog. You did it. Two fifty. Wow, guys, we did it. Two fifty. We, we did it, and it only took three hours. <laughs> and we still got letters. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, we got a bunch of uh, listener uh, mail for uh, this episode, which is pretty exciting. Can't wait to get into that, and we're going to do that right now. And at the end, um, we will also uh, talk about our interesting conversations. If you can't remember uh, the topic from last episode, uh, our interesting conversation was if you could pick a Vicious Circle character to place a spotlight on in coming issues, who would you like to have the spotlight on and learn more about? Um, and so a few of these letters uh, talk about that interesting conversation, and we'll get into it right now. So the first letter that we got is from uh, Lance McFarlane. And Lance says, Hey, FinCast, just wanted to write in and say that I really love the show. Savage Dragon was one of the first books I ever read in the late 90s when a family member gave me a box of comic books. They were just random issues, but it is something that always stuck with me. Started reading regularly just a couple years... I mean, I started reading regularly just a couple years back, and I quickly found the Savage Fincast. Your podcast had helped me so much to be able to keep up with a comic that has so much history. I have started reading the first archive, but I wanted to ask, for someone who started reading around 225... What issue would be a good place to start for a more modern version of the comic? I would like to start somewhere within 50 to 100 issues back to get to where I started. Uh, I also thought you guys might like to know this. I manage two radio stations at a university in Texas, but I also teach podcasting. I use the Savage Fincast as an example of something I talk about to students. Your show is a great example of why podcasting is such a cool medium. The fact that you can produce a fully formed show that has such a focus on one thing is something that can get students interested in podcasting. Podcasting can be very broad, but there is also room in the medium for shows that are for fans, I think, of any topic. Thanks again for producing such a great show, Lance McFarlane. Well, thanks for cool. writing in. Now I'm uh, a little nervous that... People are in his class are listening to this. <laughs> Somewhere in Texas, <laughs> some impressionable youth is hearing our dreck. <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot of nipples in this issue. Yeah, yeah, Scott. What, what does this guy keep saying schmeckle for? <laughs> uh, so the question, I guess, is he said he started reading the first archive, but for someone who started reading around 225, what issue would be a good place to start from for a more modern version of the comic? So he said, somewhere within 50 to 100 issues back to get back to where I started. Legitimately for me, I would say you wouldn't have to go back that far. Didn't Wasn't 200 a good start? 200 wouldn't was, yes, but um, 
the legacy issue is probably the better place. Uh, I can't tell you off the top of my head what issue that was. You can throw an arc out there. Well, it's the back in blue. Well, no, not back in blue. But I don't. I think back in blue is too far. I would say back in blue, but back back in blue is too far outside the scope. I think. Okay. Um, but the legacy free comic book day issue. Uh, again, I don't know what issue that actually is. Mm-hmm. Would also be a great place to start. Um, he said within fifty to a hundred issues of two twenty-five. Yeah. yeah. So no further back than a hundred and twenty-five. Right. So I mean that's a lot. You know, it is a lot. So I would. What's, I, what's I, the Malcolm first issue in a grant? Brand issue one ninety-three. Issue one ninety-three yeah. is the legacy issue. Okay. That's the, well, that's, the that's the first issue with the uh, Letterman style logo. Yeah, that's a real good like start. Uh, back in blue goes all the way back to issue one forty-five, which I think is another good place to start, just because how wild things get quickly. Yeah, yeah it's good suggestions. But yeah, I can't disagree with any of that. Nor I. Moving right along, because we've had you for so long, dear Fincasters, and now that we know Texans, let's just keep it moving. Dear Fincast crew, hey gang, it's that V for Vendetta guy again. I'd never have dug Natalie Portman and shave her head, so I simply doubled down and manscaped my scrotum. Hope that's okay. You see, I wanted to look and feel my best when addressing you COVID-resistant ethereal beings. Your latest true, self- we haven't died yet. Mm-hmm. Your latest self-cess symposium was far and away my favorite podcast. When Craig said he'd dock True. with his duplicate, I had to be revived with CPR and smelling salts. While I would have preferred a lengthy discussion on docking size matters, Raven's <laughs> empathetic response was equally satisfying. Question, would neighbor Craig from Savage Dragon partake in said activity right before he exploded? With me and my duplicate, it would just be a handy with lots of <laughs> eye contact and guilt. I imagine if Jim were to try and fillet his counterpart, the ensuing sounds would resemble a board of attempts at pronouncing the word colorist. <laughs> yes. For certain. You, you did fight with that. It bears repeating that the name Peter Johnson is comprised of two synonyms for penis. Thus, a lookalike like Craig docking with himself would be all the more fitting. Hickory dickory dock, indeed. The most spiritually cleansing portion of the podcast had to be Jim's axiomatic government that Raven should fuck the pizza dough. Sublime and Spiritually cleansing. What I love. Spiritually cleansing. He, he went through, Satiris went through some emotions that last show. What I love the most about the Fincast is all the wild tangents you take us on. Veering off comics to getting off on sex. Just like Savage Dragon, fans never know what to expect. As for too much sex in the book... It's worth noting that typically most Americans are far more comfortable with violence as part of their entertainment than they are of graphic sex. I could argue that the extended fight scenes in Savage Dragon eat up just as much prime real estate as gratuitous depictions of sex addiction, space that could otherwise be devoted to furthering plot development. Also worth noting is that in Quebec, French, plot means vagina. Savage Dragon <laughs> wouldn't be the same without the sex, and your podcast just wouldn't be the same without your righteous ribald rejoinders. Nobody says sideways monkey mouth <laughs> quite like Craig, or gags on colorist as alluringly as Jim. 
And it goes without saying, the profundity of Raven's eradication and erotica will always be a welcome dessert to the meat and potatoes entree that is Savage Dragon. If only there was a word that combined Excelsior with erection, then I could probably end this manic massive with a subtle climax. Sincerely, Satiris Gravis. P.S. I want to see Maxine and Fountainhead squirting used to disinfect all of Toronto from this ghastly coronavirus. P.P.S. Want to see Malcolm hit a villain so hard that he crashes through Trump's underground bunker? P.P.P.S. I want to see it revealed in the Savage Dragon number 400 that a 40-year-old Maxine never took PJ's blood, but still looks 25 because she's Asian. P. Stutter S. The podcast for Savage Dragon 250 should definitely be two hours and 50 minutes long. Almost as long as it took you to read this news. letter. I like to equate the... Yeah, Nostradamus, dude. I like to equate the prolixity of my expatiatory cost correspondence with quentin tarantino dialogue on crack letter of the year (laughs) no one no Mm. one is as loquacious as satiris gravis and it's always a pleasure to give voice to your (laughs) that was brilliant (laughs) thank you for listening i mean thank you for listening i can't i can't really riff on that so shall i roll along it's been we've we've shot over his two hours and 50 minutes so all right yo savage fincast I just felt compelled to write in and say I'm a big fan of the show and to ask you a question. In the most recent retro episode, you reviewed Savage Dragon issue number 7, which I would consider to be one of the greatest issues of the series and the first full-on experimental issue. There was some talk that number 7 would be in your top 10 issues of all time, but not in the top 5. Ever since you said that, I can't stop thinking what the top 10 issues would be. In your opinions, since you brought it up, what are the top 10 greatest issues of Savage Dragon? Personally, I have trouble isolating the issues in my mind from their storylines, but I think Back in Blue through Emperor Dragon is the zenith of the series. While those were coming out, Savage Dragon was the greatest book in the world. Larson was just brazenly smoking the entire world that he'd built. I'd never seen anything like it. I think from 226 onward is the most fun that the book has been since the Emperor Dragon saga. It's just fresher and funner than it's ever been. It's been simultaneously funny, shocking, and experimental. I know I keep saying that, but the experimental issues are my faves. More detached from the baggage of the Savage Dragon lore since dragons moved to Canada. Not to say that I don't love the lore, but I think with this current run, it finally feels like the book belongs to Malcolm Dragon. But anyway, thank you guys for making the fincast. I just want to wave my hands and yell so you know I'm listening. As things in the world around me get so heavy lately, the Fincast is more and more just my speed. Hope Eric Larson makes 250 more issues of Savage Dragon, and you guys keep up with him and the retro episodes. Thank you for making a kick-ass show. I really appreciate it. All the best, Sam Lockwood. That makes you feel all warm and fuzzy. So, for time, let's just, each of us, yeah. come up with two issues that are our favorites. Yeah, agreed, yeah. Take it away, Jim. Well, my number one issue is 156, which is Dark Dragon versus Kerr. Okay. That is my favorite issue. Second. And my second favorite issue is issue... Uh, let me just double check that real quick. It's issue 89 with Neutron Neutron Bob. Mm-hmm. And, uh, eight, yeah, issue 89 where uh, Dragon meets Neutron Bob. I love that okay. issue. Fantastic. Greg? Uh... I gotta go with probably 75, where so much is just coming together. Okay. 
and we're closing a chapter. It just it just feels huge and epic, uh, and just so much happens. And then uh, I don't know. It's it's got to be somewhere in the. I wish I had a little time to prep, but it's got to be somewhere in the early '40s where Dragon's like the leader of the SOS. So like that's that, fine. The first one yeah, where he's that's... wearing the uniform, or like later on when he's on uh, when Let's he's on go Dark with, World with Forty. Um, I just love that whole that whole time period. I love how shitty he is with Stevenson and how he's just kind of a big jerk and how Barbaric's just a maniac and it's just it's so fun. The comedy in that is just amazing. So I'll go mm-hmm. with those. I'm going to have to Scott. go with uh, not a specific issue but an arc uh, because I that's okay. I, I'm not going to be able to um, dial I'm going to have to go so where your dragon gets kicked off the force and goes into the SOS. That would be probably my second. Okay. I'm really digging this whole move to Toronto mm. with Malcolm. I'm, I'm enjoying mm-hmm. where we're at right now um, and, and the yeah. direction that the story's going and the character development, uh, you know, from the pet names to – you know uh, the trials and tribulations that Maxine's gone under or gone through. Uh, so those two arcs are kind of where I'm. Are, are two of my favorite. Sure. Um, for me, uh, I would say again, I can't be as clear and concise as like Jim was and Craig, where they nailed it down to issue numbers. But like, um, I my one of my most favorite issues is the. Um, story arc where young Shadowhawk just keeps wishing the image JLA of like Dragon Spawn, Witchblade, uh, back to his current location to help him with a pendant and like they're just not like always like helpful. That uh, is I, the I think I think that's no not one forty one or one forty four. It's around there though, because it's it's after the image united. Yeah, that's stuff. the guy with the yeah. shake. It 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 it's it's in the issue where the panels keep uh uh it keeps increasing with the panel count. Every panel is okay. one day. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's that issue. I really like that one um, because I think that it is just... I've always loved that idea of that image-connected universe. I've always really wished that we could get that book, like the Image JLA. Um, I would love to see, like, you know, Eric give that idea a little more time, but whatever. I know it was a fun gag, and I just like that idea. I like the idea of the Image superhero universe. And to me, that was like one of the coolest things is getting to see that happen. And then, su- surprise, ching ching, bada bing, the for- the forcing <laughs> issue. We're out of there. Love it. Because to me, here's the thing is that like, and I know that sounds funny. It sounds like, oh, Raven. Yeah. But I feel like part of what makes Savage Dragon so cool and unique is the uh, auteur uh, nature. You know, here's a cartoonist that is not necessarily pursuing commercially viable things like the book would be very different if all he cared about was just mass appeal and mass marketability and whatever and um i thought it was a cool sort of a brave gutsy little like move into a more sincere direction and i like it and i was pleased i thought it was cool it was the start of a new era in my mind so all right i'm done next scott hey guys it's matt you know, a friend of the show. First up, 250 was a, uh, was killer. How about that last page, huh? Now, uh, mm-hmm. no doubt. now on to the question. What vicious, circle, 
members would you like to see uh, get more uh, <coughs> of the spotlight in upcoming issues? Doubleheader, dude's a classic villain, been around forever, <coughs> and we know very little about him. Also, Frogman. He was first shown in Eric's next issue project, Fantastic Comics, uh, Samson's story which kind of implies that he's an old golden age bad guy. So I'd like to see more of him, maybe fighting heroes through the ages. Uh, for time. An interesting choice. Yeah, for time, we'll be concise. Uh, just everybody say one guy Frogman that just they'd like to see more of. Recently, right? He's got that long tongue. Yeah. I, I mean, we talked about it last episode. I think it, we, what our choices were, but uh, what about yeah, our um, choices? Oh, yeah, we yeah. already covered. Well, what about you, Scott? Okay. Yeah, Scott. Yeah. Oh gosh, which vicious circle? Past, present, yeah, past, dead. present. Dead. I, Doesn't matter. Dream. Anything can happen. I'm drawing a blank. I'm I'm trying to think of. Uh... It's Abner Cadaver. You know what, Mako? Yeah. Hmm? Oh, okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Frogman Frog was in 249. You know, if you're going to go dead, I always liked Mako. Uh, I thought he was, he was an interesting character. But, uh, you know, if, if I can pull a, a, a dead character out of a hat, it would be Mako. Cool. Mako's great. I love Mako. I, I do want right, to learn more about Doubleheader for a guy that's so iconic as a Vicious Circle villain. I mean, he's showing up so much. I mean, we know he's super strong, but it would be fun to to get a little more dialogue from him and a little more action from him before he bites the dust. Roughneck would be another one, too. Yeah. Roughneck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's classic. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. He was my choice. (laughs) Well, thank you, Matt. Appreciated that very much. Uh, Jim, take us home. Uh, uh, Yes, we have this one more letter coming from... Saying, "Hey guys, the road to two, the road to two fifty has, has finally ended, and you guys have been providing the best commentary of fit, uh, commentary a finhead could ask for. The podcast has truly become part of my reading experience. I read the main story, backup letters, and then straight to the fincast. Thanks for the work you fellows put into this. Now and now on to our interesting conversation." The more I thought about my favorite vicious circle members, the more I realized going through the list was like <laughs> reading true. an obituary. Blue Chunks, dead from a vat of chemicals. Catfish Jackson, dead by Solar Man. Firepower, <laughs> dead, exploding darts to the eyeballs. I know his uh, his guy isn't. I know this guy isn't Vicious Circle, but do you guys remember uh, yep. Virgil Dundorf, Dragon Cellmate in prison? Yeah. Who could right. forget? Who could forget the average dragon sidekick? Yeah. Uh, I wonder if he escaped during the prison breakout. I like to think he made it across the border as well and is enjoying a nice plate of poutine or bag milk or something. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for the fincast, fellas, and keep up the good work. Can't wait to see what happens between now and issue 300. Your fellow finhead, CJ. I can confirm for CJ that Virgil was a creation of yep. Simon Malit St. Pierre, and so Virgil is alive and well. You can even see him in some of Simon's comics. Virgil, Virgil's fine. Yeah, Virgil made it, dude. He's he he got out. He's okay. Cool. 
So let's uh, let's wrap this up with uh, our interesting conversation for this episode that you guys can send your replies in uh, for our next recording. And so uh, we talked about it a lot. You heard our thoughts on Paul Dragon. Now we want to hear your thoughts. Um, What were your thoughts when you flipped that page and saw Paul Dragon uh, on the last page of the main story of 250? And how do you feel about it? Let us know. We're we're interested in hearing your thoughts. Uh, You can. Did you laugh? Did you cry? Did you chuck your issue across the room? Did you go down to your comic shop and unsubscribe immediately? Did you go out and tell all your friends? Did you slap your wife and scream, Paul's back? (laughs) Paul's back! Who's Paul? Stop shaking me! Send us an email at savagefincast at gmail.com The McRib's back! (laughs) Or as you call it, two hot dogs glued together. Two hot dogs glued together. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) All right. Well, that was great, and we spent three and a half hours on this. <laughs> we sure did, Craig. We sure. I'm just did. glad you guys uh, had nice. me along for the ride. It was a pleasure I'm, I'm, to have you. Yeah, thank you for joining us. And again, it's I'm sorry. It's a hundred page issue. It's two. You're not going to hit two fifty ever again. And so I'm sorry. Wow, it, it was reset, worth it. He'll restart at issue number one soon enough, and he'll get there again. <laughs> Uh, do you want me to 251 you? Oh, yeah. Hit it. All right. Crawling from the wreckage. Following the cataclysmic conclusion of Savage Dragon 250, Malcolm Dragon has to put the pieces of his shattered life back together. A standalone issue that sets the stage for what's to come from award-winning writer-artist Eric Larson. A great jumping-on point for new readers. And we now hilariously know Malcolm Dragon's head was not on a pike. <laughs> uh, okay. That's All it. Right. Well, that's uh, that's our episode, guys. Thanks for hanging tough with this super triple quadruple sized issue. Uh, we knew it was going to be a long one, so uh, I don't know if we expected a three and a half hour long one, but there you go. Uh, so, as always, you can contact us at savagefincast at gmail.com. Leave us a comment on savagedragon.com uh, or find us on Facebook on the Eric Larson Savage Dragon uh, fan group. Um, also, we're on YouTube. Search Savage Fincast. You should be able to find our uh, our YouTube channel where we are now uploading the uh, episodes on YouTube every, every time a new one comes out. I'm going to try and keep up on that. Uh, we've been having Thank some... You. We've been having some linking issues with our domain name on Facebook, so we're trying other things to help get the the word out about the the episode. So we'll be trying that uh, Just, going forward as well as well. And as always, we're always on iTunes, uh, Apple Music, uh, our uh, Google Play Music, and uh, I'm looking into getting us on Stitcher and uh, Spotify. But cool. We aren't there yet. Sweet. Well, thank you for all your hard work, Jim. Yeah, it's uh, not that much work. I should have done well, this. Uh, well, let me check my watch. I should have done this stuff like eight, seven years ago. <laughs> okay, well, thanks anyway. <laughs> Just lie. Thanks for, thanks, for, thanks for listening, everybody. No, Craig, I keep it real. <laughs> Colorist. 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 Docking. Colorist. <laughs> list <laughs> we out
Y we out. <laughs>